Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 913 with Rodrigo Souza. I usually say we are small business, but we're not small minded. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And I have to say, I haven't come across a restaurateur using Seven Shifts that hasn't been completely satisfied. Trusted by over 500,000 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the complete toolkit you need to easily manage your team's schedules, timesheets, communications, tasks, tips, and more all in one place. And because you are restaurant on Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. This episode is brought to you by MyRestaurantCFO.com. MyRestaurantCFO partners with restaurants to simplify financial management by offering full-service bookkeeping, payroll, and CFO services. Beyond MyRestaurantCFO's understanding of all the things that ill and plague a restaurant, MyRestaurantCFO realizes that restaurants are like snowflakes. No two are the same, so they avoid the cookie cutter approach. My restaurant CFO's goal is to be your partner in success by learning all there is to know about your business and putting together a custom solution that gives you only what you need and to be a guiding hand that helps you achieve your goals. Take action and go to myrestaurantcfo.com slash unstoppable and When you use that link, you will get a one-hour consulting session with the founder and partner, Miguel Miranda, also a past guest on the show. This episode is brought to you by Pop Menu. Trying to meet the demands of in-person hospitality can be demanding, which is why I recommend Pop Menu Answering. Pop Menu Answering turns every restaurant phone call into an opportunity. It uses artificial intelligence to answer the simple questions that are tying up your phone lines like, can I make a reservation or where are you located? And over 50% of restaurant guests are happy to have their questions answered by an automated system. Prevent lost customers and impress your guests with pop menu answering. And for a limited time, my listeners can get $100 off your first month, plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. Go now to get your $100 off for your first month and to learn more about Pop Menu's full collection of tools at popmenu.com backslash unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, chef owner of Comquito and Virtual Kitchen Hall, Rodrigo Souza. My man, Rodrigo, are you feeling unstoppable today? Absolutely, man. Yeah, man. I'm born and feeling this way. I'm psyched for today's conversation. Uh, just sitting here talking to you, I'm learning more and more and more about what type of uh, impressive individual you are. You're doing what, Ironmans, you said? Triathlete or yeah, whatever it is? Yeah, I got into that. Um 
I mean, uh, probably like six years ago, I did feel with my cousin and then I didn't do anything for some time. And then when, you know, last year when, uh, you know, I was studying, I was 39, I was like, I need to do something to really mark 40. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, and I, you know, I, I look, I, I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube, you know, on the internet. And I, you know, I, I love that guy, David Goggins. I don't know if you ever heard no. of him. You need to, uh, you know, look up this guy. He's like a, an, a former Navy SEAL. And this guy is like... Just, just he's savage. I gotta look. Yeah, him. and then you know, like from watching his videos, like he runs a lot, and then uh, I started seeing some other things, and uh, I knew about Iron Man. I just didn't know what he was deeply, and I was like, "Damn, this sounds like something." I would like to try. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for anybody who can do that <laughs> you know what i mean, I mean like that and the, just just the discipline that comes with the training alone Whoa. to get to the point where you can even compete like this is a good indicator that we're in good company Dude, i'm excited for today's try, conversation try running a restaurant and and, and training for training a for a yeah. triathlon it's oh like goodness. a little part-time job i know? bet yeah, it's I like bet. it's 12 easy. 15 hours a, Oh my goodness! On top of your eighty hours that you're already, I'm already feeling inspired. But let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra, man, to get this thing really popping off. What do you got for us? Hey, uh, I have a quote by uh, Dale Carnegie uh, that goes like this: "Inaction breeds doubt and fear. Mm. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, don't sit at home and think about it." Go out there and get busy. There ain't nothing to it but to do it. Yes. Man, that's a great uh, this way This is something some that uh, it's, it's really, really me. It's, you know, um, you know, even sometimes I don't feel like I'm going the right direction. I start getting busy, you know, and to try to do what I want to do. Yeah, man. I mean, it happened to me yesterday. Like I was talking to a friend of mine, you know, like. Like, I, I needed to go out and go for my run. I'm procrastinating so much. I go do this first. I'm going to send that email first. You know, that first step is always the hardest. Yeah. It's always the it's hardest. True, man. The hardest. It's the hardest starting. is the first step. Yeah. But once, like, typically I do the first step, I can't seem to flow better. You know, it flows. Yeah. You There's know? something um, that I've started doing recently uh, after reading the, the Power of Habit. Uh, in, in this idea of like just like tricking yourself, like tricking today, yourself, yeah, like I'm yes. just gonna walk to the mailbox for my run. That's all I'm doing today. I'm just, yeah. I'm just walking to the mailbox. Yeah. Put your shoes on. You get to the mailbox, and you're like, I can go further than the mailbox. Yeah. Yes. Then you get yes. to a mile. One hundred percent. Further than one hundred percent. And you just gotta, it's, but it's just lowering that bar to get started. And once you get that momentum, once you get yeah. going, man, great way to get this conversation. I, I love that. I love. I love what you said, and I think about that all the time. Tricking yourself. It's all about tricking yourself. Yeah, it really is. So, where does it make sense to start sharing your story? Because I, I know that you came. You were you working in Brazil in restaurants? No. Okay. No. So you come to America. The year is two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yeah. Uh, you're nineteen years old. Yes. Right? What's going through your mind? Like, what's what's what, like, or is it make does it make sense to go back? To yeah, when you were in absolutely. Brazil? I, I I got 
couple of funny stories yeah. a little bit about that because uh, I usually say I was deported from Brazil <laughs> okay. to the United States. <laughs> My parents kind of deported me from Brazil to the United States. Were you a troublemaker? Uh, yeah, I was a, not, <laughs> not, not troublemaker in a like, negative, negative way, but I was, uh, I was a lot of work for my parents, for sure. And in what way? Ah, uh, man, like, I, I, I have been, I was, I have always been very active, very okay. active. Yeah. And, uh, like, with school and everything, you know, I was that kid that was, uh, you know, disturbed the class, you know, talked too much. Yeah. Was picking on people, was playing around, you know. Um, I was a good kid, don't get me wrong. I was a good kid. But, like, I was, I was you know, up to something, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, I usually say that everybody in the school knew my, my parents. Okay. You know, and then he was, they walking in, hey, Mr. Souza, how you doing? <laughs> hey, Lots Mrs. of parent-teacher yeah. meetings. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, yeah, every week, every week wow. they had to go to the, the school for something for something you know but uh you know like i said it was I, I was just too energetic i guess you know like you know i get that man yeah. i was a lot the, the same way like um i wasn't getting in trouble but i i remember like just not like still like the first thing i learned my joke is the first thing i learned how to do in elementary school okay was read the clock read the clock yeah so i knew what time lunch was and uh. what time recess was <laughs> and i was out and i was in you know that that just some people just aren't cut out for the standardized school system. Yes, yes. You know, and not in a negative way not cut out, but just like it's not right for you. And like I think, you know, like we're all unique creatures, True. right? And but we all get forced through the same system. And the system doesn't serve everybody. Yes. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely, man. You know, um they put, you know, kids through this uh machine and you know, to come out on the other side a certain way that they want you to be yeah you know uh and it happens it doesn't just happen in the united states it happens in, i guess every country yeah um you know i i strongly believe you know and i don't want to sound bad but it's not really set up for the kids to be super successful it's not set up for the kids to be the best versions of themselves yes. i think i think it's for them to be the best version of an employee yes that's what they're trying to do yeah the whole school system was created to create workers yes um but I mean, I feel like we could get really tied up in that conversation. Yeah. So w w you were 19, though. So you started realizing when you were early, like y young that you weren't standard in the sense that like you didn't learn like everybody else. You didn't. Yeah. Like, you're talking like when I was 19 when I came here well, or, or well, you were younger. Were you were your parents going to school when you were like in high school or was this like? No, I mean, I, I, you know, I did the high school in Brazil and I did the high school here. OK, uh, because I, I wanted to learn English, you okay. know, and that was like the fastest, the best way to do it. Uh, so you were 19 when you came to the States? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, I was 19. So did you, like, what you, when you, you said you went to high school? Yes, yeah, I went to a, um, this high school in Hudson, which is close by here. Uh, they have this special program for uh, English uh, okay. second language. Got it. Uh, and they allowed kids that are a little older to, you know, participate. Okay. So I got in and uh, I was there for two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, were you working? Is I was there, working. Okay. Oh, yeah. So oh, what was yeah. it like? Was there a culture shock when you came to the States? Was it different or not too different? A little bit. A little bit. Um, I had already been to to the United States, but just for like Disney World and things yeah. like that. When I was 15, my cousin lived here before, prior to me coming here. Okay. So I came here 
to stay with my cousin. So when you say here, was he in Massachusetts? Massachusetts, Got yeah. It. So, um, yeah. So uh, basically, uh, the idea was, you know, let's get Rodrigo out of here, you know, uh, so he can, you know, go to the United States, learn a new, new language, new culture, get him away from the influences that they are having here, yeah. uh, he's having here, and, uh, you know, see, you know, f- he can, you know, they just wanted me to do well, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, their first choice was to get me away from that environment that I was in. You know, I was, you know, one at that age, you know, 19, you know, 18, I was partying too much. Okay. So, I mean, getting more into that environment, did you have friends that were maybe pulling you down the wrong path? Were you getting into drugs and alcohol? No, no, no drugs. Uh, alcohol, yes. Who's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not drinking? I mean, yeah, time, so. yeah. Um, I, you know, I was partying too much, yeah. you know, and with that, you know, like I was drinking too yeah. much, you yeah. know, but, uh, that's just kind of like, you know, kids these in Brazil the legal age to drink is eighteen. So, you know, it's, here it's twenty one. Yeah. So kids start drinking there, you know, when they're you know, sixteen, fifteen, you know, illegally That's when kids and start that, drinking here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess anywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. So um but you know, like I I was just like I really night I really liked the nightlife. Yeah. So <laughs> and like Barbecues, barbecue is very big in Brazil. Yeah, you know, like you, I was getting together for barbecue. So when you say barbecue, is barbecue like like sticks over fire or is it like smoked? No, no, bar- it sticks over fire. Yeah, I yeah. love that type of barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Huge in the, the South South America and huge in Asia too. Like I don't know why we don't see that in the states yeah. anywhere. Like there needs to be like a street car that's just meat on a stick. Yeah. Why hasn't anybody done that yet? Yeah, yeah. Um it, it's very common, you know, in Brazil, yeah. get together with your friends and and you know, throw a little barbecue party nice. and you know. Nice. Mm. I love that. So at what point in your in your timeline are you thinking to yourself, I want to open a restaurant? When does that come into your mind? It's never really crossed my mind. Uh even though when I was growing up, like I I'm an only child, but I'm not like I'm not spoiled. I wasn't spoiled at all. Okay. Um, both of my parents worked, and basically, um, they they would go to work early, and they would leave everything set up for me to finish. You know, like food, you know, lunch, you know, breakfast, and everything. You know, yeah. Uh, so I actually started like doing some cooking. You know, when I was you know at an early age. Yeah, just you out know? of necessity. Yeah, out of necessity. Um, but never really crossed my mind that I would, you know, so you have a restaurant. Come in 2009. 2009. Right? Yeah. You get here in 2001. One. What's going on in that eight year period? Okay. So, um, um, all right. So when I got here, my cousin worked in restaurants. Okay. Okay. My cousin worked in restaurants. Uh, and when he, when I came here, I would drive his car a lot, you know, like he would go to work out have his car do things right and i'll i'll i used to go pick him up at his restaurant you know uh it's, it's called it used to be called vinnie testis okay i don't and know he if owned you, it no it's he worked there okay, got yeah. it. and uh it's actually a big chain big, okay. big, and now it's vinnie t's of boston i okay. think there's only one or two around um and uh i used to go there i'm like i was going and fill out an application yeah you know, every day, pretty much, I would go in and fill out an application. 
So the general manager said, you cost me more money in application. I'm just going <laughs> to hire you. Yeah. So they literally made up a position for me, which is, was the roller. I was the guy who sat in the corner of the restaurant doing roll-ups all, all night, forking knife and, yeah. and, uh, and the napkins, right? Uh, that was a tedious task. Nobody wanted to do. Everybody fought over it. You know, <laughs> like at the end of the day, servers wanted to get yeah. get the hell out I of bet. there, and uh, they had to do that. And uh, so, you know, it was great. Cause Is this a full service restaurant or fast casual? No, it's a full service restaurant. Got yeah, it. Italian restaurant. Got it. And uh, you know, I'll sit there from four till ten. You know, doing roll ups. My hands will. Get like <laughs> smooth as but hell. How long did you do that before they bu- they bumped you up? Uh, for about a month or so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like uh, three weeks, and then somebody quit that yeah. was doing a bossing. So this is one of the biggest lessons we've learned, or one of the biggest lessons I've learned when it comes to hiring is always be hiring. You know, even hiring. even if you always. don't need, like, if you yes. have somebody who's filling out an application every day hire that person yeah that's the kind of person you want somebody who wants yeah. it right that has that yeah. desire that they yeah. they're not being forced into it but they want it yes so eventually someone's going to quit or get fired right and then you yeah. had that person in line to, to step up so what happened what was your were you a server what happened after somebody so yeah so uh like within three weeks uh you know like i i started filling in on a sunday for this buster that left uh and then you know, like a month or two down the road, I was food running, you know, and, you know, three months, four months into it, my English was getting better. Okay. And uh, I've, I've been very, I'm, I'm always very ballsy, you know, like um, in terms of like, you know, it was very fearful. It was very scary for me oh, to, uh, people don't understand that when I'm training people nowadays. Um, and they are about to go on the floor on their own to like take tables on their own, and they're nervous. I'm like, why are you nervous? Like I did this, and I I didn't know any, you know, very little English. Yeah. I was nervous because I was afraid yeah. somebody was gonna tell me something I wasn't gonna un- understand, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> you know. So basically, uh, that was my fear. That was my fear. I'll go up to tables. Praying to God that they would they, they would order like water or coke. When yeah. <laughs> those yeah, when those guys you know you, you know they would be like, oh, I want a uh, you know a Grey Goose Martini, you know, uh, neat or straight up or you know on the, whatever it was, right? You know, extra dirty, dry, you know, uh, an extra olive. I'm like, oh, stop, you know, yeah. like I'm like. <laughs> You know, I would go to the tables like, please order order water. Yeah, I mean, or I'm, sh- coke, I'm sure you, you made know? a lot of mistakes early on, but how long did it take you to get out of that place? You know, like, get out of that place of, of, of uh, fear. In, fear. In, in, yeah, dude, just like anything else in life, you start doing for yep. some time. You know, it's become second nature. And if there's people that, uh, you know, and I only know this because I'm, I'm an immigrant, right? Yeah. There's people that uh, they don't speak English. But at their work, they know everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they already know the lingual of yeah. the job. They know the language of that yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. I need to know to do exactly. my job. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I want to say that, you know, restaurants are a little more broad because that when you're a server, you're talking to the table about all kinds of things. You know, you, you can choose to be limited when you're talking to the table, just to limit the conversation to what they want. But you, you want to talk about yeah. whatever, right? So, uh, but I was very confident, you know, like 
with seven, eight months, you know, like of uh, being here and practicing, you know, speaking yeah. English every yeah. day. Uh, when I, at the mark of six months, I never, I never forget this. At the mark of six months, I, I was sitting in class and uh, for like half an hour, and I couldn't understand everything, every, everything that the, the the teacher was talking about, and it didn't even like dawn on me. I'm like, holy. Can, can can we still yeah. voice here? I was like, holy shit, man. I've been here for 30 minutes and I've understood everything she's saying. I was, I was super excited. That I was like, awesome. yeah. <laughs> you know, so I started noticing like, oh, I'm learning. I'm learning. Man, this is good. This is exciting. As a matter of fact, this was one of the, that was the only time in my life that I enjoyed going to school. Yeah. I enjoyed reading a book. I don't read books. Like, like if I, I probably I haven't read I don't know twelve books in my life, <laughs> but I I hear I hear I, I do now with Audible. Yes, you know, like I I listen to a lot of books. Yeah, I'm the same way. With and I, I you know, like I didn't read books, but I, I educated myself in, in different ways. Yeah, but I cannot sit down <laughs> to read a book. To me, like I can. I no, I'm the same way. Like, like I gotta my, my mind's running. Like I'm usually crazy on, on a walk or a bike ride or driving. Whenever I'm doing those things, where like it's like repetitive and like you can listen, you can divert your attention. Like anything muscle memory, yeah. I usually have a book on in the yeah. background, whether it's cooking. Dude, or I get pissed off when people send me like big ass emails. I'm like, why? <laughs> why you sent me this book to read? Way, Text messaging, like, oh my god. There's actually a girl that used to work here. And she only talked through text message, Ugh. which I, I love technology. I love technology to death. But text message, I, 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 I so for certain things, for certain things, I just don't when, like it. When else in the history of time could you have? I mean, we, we we're writing letters and stuff like that. I get that, but those conversations would happen over months, months. if not years. You yeah. know, but today. You can have as many as like 20 or 30 open conversations going mm-hmm. via email, text message, social media, yeah. on multiple different platforms, mm-hmm. and then just written communi- like or spoken communication. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, too, it's, it's too much, in my opinion. It's too it's, much. Yeah. And the expectation is too high yeah. that people shoot, shoot you a message and they, they were- I intentionally make people wait a yeah. day. Two days, like I have a like, if, and I only answer emails like once a day. Mm-hmm. And if it's not important, but what happens is you prioritize the important yeah. things, and all the noise just kind of trickles to the bottom, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, do you how do you find that balance? Do do you struggle with? I struggle with what like uh, with um, answering or managing yeah, all this. Do you think do you, do you have that like because you don't enjoy it? Do you do you limit your? No, it's not that I don't enjoy it. But what pisses me off is that people, most people, they hide behind text messages mm. and emails. Mm. Some people they hide themselves behind text messages and emails. What do you mean by that? Um, for example, if you're sick, you know, and you can't come to work. I'll expect a phone call. Okay. I'll I'll expect a phone call. Hey, Rodrigo, you know I'm trying. To, you know, it's easier to I, you know, deliver like, yeah. hard. And I'm not saying yeah. that people will lie all the time, but text message is easier to lie. Yeah, because you don't have the tone yeah, in your voice. Yeah, you like if hear. I call you and I say, "Hey, I'm," you know, "I'm." I sick. have a cold, but you sound great. Yeah, you know, like there's birds chirping mess- in the background. Yeah, text message, <laughs> you know, you can do you can do everything. 
Yeah. Right? And uh, the other thing that gets lost, you know, it's like sometimes, you know, you read with a certain tone that the mm-hmm. person said something mm-hmm. and maybe she didn't. Yeah, texting gets me in trouble. Or, or vice versa, yeah. right? Uh, so I love technology. I love text messaging, but I just find that a lot of people hide themselves behind text messages. Yeah, I agree And with email, that. you know? Yeah. So I'll never, you know, and it's, I guess it's okay now, but I'll never end it like a, like a job opportunity just on an email, you know? I, I would like the person to know, like, hey, you know, you thank you very in. much for yeah. the opportunity. It was nice working with you. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. I think I, I'm really, you know, anal about how I use, you know, emails in text messages, you know, certain things that I know it's relevant. And I wanted the person to hear my voice. I wanted her yeah. to see me if, it, yeah. if, it, if it possible. I wanted the person to see me. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that's that's where I stand with that stuff. No, I, I'm. There's a reason why I drive my car across the country over Zoom calls. You know, like, mm-hmm. and I think Zoom's the same thing. Like, it's like it's better than a text message, but there's something about being across the table from somebody. Oh yeah, body. Nothing's going to replace this, man. Yeah, man. There's, there's nothing that's going to replace no, this. Oh, not at all. You know, for sure. And tr- trust me, I'm a big proponent. Proponent, and and uh, I love the the Zoom thing. I think we can save a lot of time, it's save money, convenient. you know, convenience, you know, yeah. but like nothing replaced this that no. we're having here right now. And I, I'm, I'm, I must sound like a broken record, my poor listeners, but there's, there's a lot of study right now that supports this idea of your heart having a brain. There's like a, a tight, like knit set of like nerves, like in the center of your heart that is like the, they believe that that formed before the brain formed. And they think that that is the like OG brain, like that's in mm. your heart. So I don't know a lot about this. Be saying too much. I, I need to go deeper, do a little more research. But there's evidence that supports that. There's literally energy that radiates out of the core from our heart. And if, mm-hmm. if you're in a, within a certain proximity, you almost like Bluetooth pick up on that. Mm-hmm. The energy, your heart, and like our hearts literally communicate. And there's pheromones. Like there's so much yeah. happening that we just don't even. We've just begun to figure out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's something that's just special about being with each other that makes us that we need that makes us complete. Yeah. You know? Anyway, I feel like we got way down. No, a this, little is, this is uh, this 100 with you there too. Yeah, 100. I want to go back to your timeline. So, um, you were at this first restaurant. Mm-hmm. This Italian restaurant for two years or three years? Oh, I was there for good. I see the Sky Restaurant in 2003. Oh, yeah, I was there for probably more than two, three years. And then I went to Sky Restaurant. I went to an, uh, another restaurant. And then Sky was more down the, the line. Um, so, I'm sorry. I don't know what you got there. Yeah, so like, I'm on um, your LinkedIn account right now. Oh, okay. So okay. I see from 2003 to 2007, you were waiting at uh, Sky Restaurant. And then you got into mortgage consulting yeah. from 2005 to 2007. Yes. Um, is there anything that's worth, like, as far as your professional career in the restaurant industry that you evolved, like, from the time, like, from 2001 to 2007 when you're working in the industry like what's the narrative the internal dialogue are you just working for money is there at any point where somebody's like you know you're really good at this Mm -hmm. you have a talent for this you should do this as a career like how did you go from filling out a bunch of applications getting hired to roll silverware eventually serving now i own a restaurant how did you make that leap what was the evolution so um yeah so we started there right um 
And uh, after Vinny Testers, uh, uh, I worked a couple other restaurants. And I always did well with my tables. Like, um, people had a tendency to, to, yeah, yeah. To, they had a tendency to like me and sometimes request me and things like that. So, uh, you know, I knew there was something there, right? Uh, and I mean, restaurant in, in a little bit outside of the question, but restaurant is something that I, I, I think that every human being should, should do. Why? Because it encompasses so many great skills that are, Scarce right now. Yeah, like so what? Many, what skills are scarce? Uh, knowing, knowing how to sell, knowing, knowing how to communicate, just hard work, yeah. reading people. You know, knowing what to say, when to say, what intonation to say. Social uh, emotional pre- prioritization. Yeah, uh, being proactive. Uh, you know, goes on and I think on. Just and on. being of service to somebody. Being too. a service. Yeah. Yes, putting yourself second. That's yeah. what we do. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it's you know like uh, common sense, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not so common, you know. So there's so many things when you work in a restaurant, you know, being a hard worker, you learn how to be a hard worker yeah. at a restaurant. To be on your feet for eight hours, ten hours, twelve hours, sometimes, yeah. and sometimes with no food, <laughs> with the little food or not. It definitely galvanizes an individual. Exactly. It makes you stronger. Exactly. For sure. Uh, but going back, sorry, going go back to our question. So then, you know, working all these restaurants, you know, I, you know, accumulated, you know, a good amount of knowledge and I strength these other skills that uh, sets that I kind of already had in me. Um, and a opportunity kind of presented itself here in Lamaster, uh, where somebody was going back to brazil and before we were in this building uh we were in uh, another building like five minutes away from here like a five table uh diner type of thing and uh i went in with a friend of mine who worked at these uh vini testers with me uh which is another story (laughs) there because uh you know like uh, you know everything seemed like it would be a great fit for us to work together and everything he is a super hard working guy he had a lot of time in the industry as well but i guess you know like there's a difference working for somebody and working for yourself that people most people don't understand yeah and uh he i don't think he could really do that he quit in the very first day so this is uh was it a, was it kamikido was it kamikido. That, that was the name yeah. of the restaurant so did you take over wait no no i i i, I um had the space okay and not this space it was like yeah, a smaller no, space not a spot, the yeah that was a restaurant already was this in 2009 2009 okay yeah so we got the place and then we started right and so was they, it his vision? Did he pull you in, or was it your? I vision? pulled him in. Okay, I pulled. When him did the in. vision even come? Like, when were you thinking to yourself, you know, I can do this? I I should. I've been working in restaurants for eight years now. Like, I should open a restaurant. Yeah, I mean, it's this guy that had this restaurant on Center Street, which okay. is like five minutes away from here, he reached out to me and said, "Hey, Rodrigo, uh, I'm you know I'm you know I'm I, I'm going back to Brazil and I need to uh, get the lease off of my name onto somebody." You know, uh, and, uh, you know, everything's ready to go. Everything's good to go. So I, you know, if you know anybody that's trying to start a restaurant, you know, let me know. 
you know, I'll give you commission for yeah. it and everything. You know, and I think I thought to myself, I, I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> was it already a Brazilian restaurant? He had, yes, he had things, you know, Brazilian okay. offerings, yes. Um, and uh, so I called him back, you know, and I said, I think I, think I can do this. I want to do this. Let me talk to somebody that I, I really, you know, um, um, admire and, uh, you know, I like him to come with me. You know, I think it's going to be a good fit. I talked to this dude and we went over there to look at the place. He liked it. I liked it. And I never really had any experience in the back of the house. No experience. Okay. Cooking. So who was this dude that you're talking about? Was he original business partner? No, this was somebody who worked with me at Vinny Testis. Okay. And what's his name? Uh, Silmar. Silmar? Yeah. So um, was Silmar, uh, what, what did he do at Vinny's? He was a server too. Okay. So neither of you had back of house experience really. No. Okay. No. So what, when this individual reached out to you and said, Hey, I'm looking for a buyer for my business. I need to go back to Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the state of that business? Was he leaving you a good business? Was it making money? He was there for only four months. Okay. He was, and uh, he wasn't doing so well. That's how, you know, like the going back to Brazil was kind of like an excuse to, to sell the place. So the, if the it wasn't going well, what, what inside of you made you, I knew you I could, could make it. it. I, I knew I could make it. I, I knew I could do uh, why? Yeah. Um. Again, that that ballsy attitude in front, in, you know, in me. Yeah. I didn't, and, and, and we're gonna get to a very interesting part. No market, you know, uh, research, no business plan, no investment, no nothing. But there was something that I think is pretty significant. Mm. You were someone's exit strategy. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and I think that is in you, you're moving into a turnkey operations. Was it yes. called? Was it called Kamakito? He he was in the process of. He just didn't even have a sign. Okay, that's see, like he didn't even have a sign. How much money did he? He didn't even have, have a menu. Do, is it? Do you mind talking about money? No, not at all. What, what was the number he said that he needed from you, the two of you, to make this? Uh, um, at the t- how much we paid for that business? Yeah. Uh, at the time. I think it was it wasn't a whole lot of money, but for me it was a lot of money. It was like forty thousand something. That's like, huge. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, huge in the sense like that is yeah. a what a yeah, deal. I mean, yeah, you know what exactly, I mean? yeah. exactly. You know, uh, and uh, at that time I had like five thousand dollars to my name. You know, um, and this other dude had five thousand dollars. So we're putting he then the guy wanted I believe like fifteen grand down. Okay, so we got. Five thousand from both of us, and then we borrow five thousand from somebody. Okay. What and was that like going to ask for money? This is a big conversation mm-hmm. because a lot of people who are listening are at this stage mm-hmm. where they have a vision, they have a desire, they might be eyeballing a spot that's not doing well, right? And they and maybe they want to be someone else's exit strategy. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, we we asked for somebody like a person who already lend money to people, not an institution. Mm-hmm. You know, just hard lending money. Yeah. Let's just put it this way, you know, and it's just it's just a dude that somebody that does kind of that you know yeah. under the table, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, to make a little money with interest, you know, and charge a lot more than a bank would, right? So uh, that's that's what we did, you know. Uh, that you know, and uh, we gave that money down. Do you remember the interest rate? 
something like, like five, tw- six. 12. No, dude, it's like fifteen, twenty, fifteen, twenty. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's five thousand dollars, though. So yeah, theoretically, so, yeah. but we paid it off. Back. We paid it off in like six months. You know, you know, like something like that. Yeah. So it wasn't like yeah. too long, but. Um, so you got fifteen thousand between you, your partner. Yeah. Was he? Did you guys own equity? Both own equity in the business. Yeah, like okay. equally. Yep. So fifteen thousand dollars is what you were able to get to get the deposit, but you were still short. Uh, you still needed twenty five, twenty five. Yeah, we twenty five hundred. We you know we uh, we financed that. Okay, we, through the bank. No, we financed private finance okay. to the guy. So what was the five thousand dollars? So you you came up with five. Your partner came up with five. He wanted fifteen thousand down. Down. Where'd you get the five thousand? Or do, did you pick up thirty thousand? Um, for the no, 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 no. So it was it was the 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 previous one wanted fifteen down. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's just say it was forty thousand. Okay. Got it. So uh, so we I I came up with five. Yeah. My former partner came up with five yeah and we needed five so we got five from somebody yeah okay they lent that money to us for Friend, the high, friends family yeah, got it yeah higher rate right we gave this fifteen thousand to the yeah. uh, prior owner still 25 short so 25 was financed to the to the to this prior owner okay so private he, financing got it so you're you know paying I mean? him back on the twenty five thousand yeah. that you sold got it mm-hmm. smart so I mean, anything you would have been, you would have done differently, reflecting back, knowing what you know now, you know, you're busy, business savvy individual, reflecting back, would you have approached that situation differently? Um, I, or do whatever I think, you got to do. I think, I think I did what I, I no, mean at that time, sure. like what I, that's that, it, well, like you said, it was a good deal, you know, yeah, it was a, yeah. was, was a turnkey operation. Yeah. There was already a flow of people going there. Uh, for Brazilian um, offerings, um, yeah, you know. So, I, 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 I honestly don't. I think you. I didn't have all. I had was five grand. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when we first opened, I had to borrow fifty bucks to put in the register for change. I didn't have <laughs> a dime. That's crazy. I man. didn't have a dollar. That's a good spot to take our first break to thank that, our sponsors, <laughs> dude. I didn't have a dollar to put in the register for change. Hey man, we're here to inspire, and I have a feeling you're. So about I borrowed fifty bucks from somebody. It's like, dude, can I can I borrow fifty bucks from you for change, and give can can I borrow fifty bucks and give you at the end of the night? And I got that money, and I exchanged the money. <laughs> Let's take a break to thank our sponsors. <laughs> we'll be right Dude, back. My, my story, like... <laughs> Dude, I, I can't wait. We're going to pull back some layers. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure profitability and restaurant success, especially with this labor shortage. You need to rely and trust technology technology more than ever before and dialing in your labor management is one of the most positive dramatic impacts you can make 
on your business's bottom line. And when it comes to labor management, Seven Shifts is one of the most, if not the most, organically recommended labor management platforms on the show. Trusted by over 500,000 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the complete toolkit you need to easily manage your team's schedules, timesheets, communication, tasks, tips, and more all from one place. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system you're already using, like Toast, to make smart operating decisions and turn labor management into a competitive advantage for your business. Restaurant Unstoppable members get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. All right, we're back. And you just started getting into how you first you got your first location for Kamakito mm-hmm. and how you did it with basically five thousand dollars to your name and mm-hmm. how you kind of you know pulled in a partner and you bootstrapped it and uh on opening day you had to borrow fifty dollars to be able to make change in the yep. register. So take it from there. Uh what what was that first night like? That first night was, um, I mean, everything was wasn't going well. Um, first off, that first day that I was driving to the business, I got pulled over by oh, the gosh. cops. I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you know, like I had to borrow the fifty bucks. And then in the very first day, this dude walked out. My partner walked out. Really? Walked out. Four thirty-ish. He comes up to me and he's like, "Dude, this is not for me. Oh, wow. This is not for me." Wow. And he walks out. So it's just me inside of this place. Well, at now. least you got your five thousand dollars. I'm sure you probably had to pay him back. Yeah. Uh, but at least you know he helped you get the cash you needed. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I basically, you know, I finished that ship. I was just it was just me yeah. for two weeks. Wait. So what what was the menu like? Like was it a big menu? Like did, how did you go in? Did you get training? What what was the, that? I I stayed with the prior owner okay. for uh 3 weeks to 4 weeks seeing what, how he was doing things. Okay. So this is and before then, you bought it. So in the process before, of buying. In the process of buying. Got it. And then I was just, just like uh you was your partner with you too? Was he was he there shadowing? He wasn't there. Oh, okay. Cuz he had a job. He had a job that he couldn't quit right and i didn't have anything i had i had you know i was that was all yeah that was doing. what you had is that's all, all was gone <laughs> yeah yeah um so i was there basically sharing the guy and you know and with that i was doing you know how i wanted my menu to be like you know uh i would look stuff online that i had never done i'm like oh i like this i'm gonna put that in the menu without even like testing specific first. to brazilian restaurants yeah. okay yeah without, without, without even like testing you know just start it's just so many crazy moves that i i, I have done that um uh, everything indicates would indicate that this wasn't gonna work <laughs> everything if you if you if you gave this whole description to somebody and ask will this business work Everybody would say no. But here we are, man. Yeah. <laughs> 11 years later. Tw- yeah, man. 12 years later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 13. 13. 13, 13 years 13. later. Uh, so your partner walks out the first night. First night. Where yeah. are you emotionally at this point? Like, what's going through I, I was like, 
I, I, you know, I, I, I was in awe. Yeah, I was in awe because you got to think about like I knew very little of how to run a kitchen. I'm make so the dishes to get into what you've learned along the way. You know, like make the dishes, you know, and everything. And like this is a five five table restaurant. Okay, I was just, just going to ask, like, paint the picture. So yeah, it's five a, tables, it's a five four, table restaurant, four seats at each table. Yes, twenty seats. Okay, yep. 20 seats that's manageable that's small yeah that's i like small. that I, that's think, small. I, I wish more people would start small mm-hmm. because of obvious reasons but mm-hmm. like so you have five seats how big was the kitchen how big the, the whole place was like uh maybe a thousand square f- uh a thousand square feet not big yeah 12 yeah. 12 1200 and was it most of that kitchen or dining room um yeah i would say that was like almost 50 50 okay um yeah because it was an open kitchen how big was the menu <clears throat> very big very big yeah, yeah like you know that's a big mistake that a lot of restaurants was it was it branded kamikido at this time or yes. did you okay. yes mm-hmm. got it yeah what does kamikido mean kamikido means eat quietly okay Eat quietly. Got it. it, it it's uh, it's actually an expression as well in in, in, in Portuguese. In Brazil, uh, we uh, that's kind of like um, if no one's lay, talking, that means they like laying the right? low, <laughs> doing things under the the radar. You know, yeah, you know, don't kiss and tell type of thing. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um. So, what was the evolution like? Take us from that that first day to like the first like couple weeks. Um. So for a good two weeks, it was just me. Yeah. It was just just me. you. Only just person me. in the, the restaurant. Like I was picking up the phone. I was, you know, I was uh, going to the, the register and, you know, ringing people up. I was, you know, I was doing everything. I was bringing food to the table. I was cleaning the tables. I was washing dishes. I was doing everything. How busy were you? Um, we were because uh, you said the guy was struggling. He had a little bit of a clientele, but yeah. he wasn't really doing great. Yeah. Um. But there was pointing times that were busy, you mm-hmm. know, and you know how it is. Sometimes it's like a block of thirty minutes that's like super busy, right? Um. And uh, I mean, I was I was doing everything I could, and uh, how long was, was it? Just you? <clears throat> Two weeks. And then did you find a partner? Or did and you then I someone? brought a lady. I brought a lady who was helping me. Okay. Like opened up, open the restaurant and, you know, doing doing dishes and all that. And gotcha. You know, so. so you could focus. What was your focus going to be? The cooking? Yeah. I mean, once I had her, it was it's still doing a big chunk, but, you know, I could come in two hours later yeah <laughs> you know kind of kind of thing you yeah. know i was still cooking obviously i was you know i could focus a little bit more and talking to customers and things like that got it a little marketing but you know like uh, i took the time to for a good time i would i would go you know for every day for t- like one hour two hours and knock on business doors mm. you know go, go to the the business and knock on, on their doors. Hey, Girl, how marketing. you doing? My name is Rodrigo. Just opened up this restaurant here in Lumister. You know, a Brazilian restaurant. He does the menu. You know, you guys, do you guys, you know, uh, order lunch. You know, we do delivery, pick up, and all this good stuff. You know, just uh, you know, putting our name out there. And that was that was the time when Facebook was really coming up. 
and I started strong. Okay. Well, with Facebook. What was what does that mean? What does that look like? You know, um, you know, I started paying attention to Facebook before a lot of people. You know, so this is two thousand eight. Yeah, it was bef- before most business nine. were. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, and uh, Facebook I, was only around for. I mean, I think it started in like two thousand five, but it didn't really start to take off until like two thousand seven, eight, nine. Yeah, yeah. So that's what up. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, like so. Basically, I you know started taking good pictures. Yeah. You know, and posting every day. All the stuff, you know, um, and you know, and that made me, you know, pretty known in the in the, in town, you know, because I I was I was going at it, you know, pretty strong for a small place, you yeah. know, I was going at it pretty strong, and people I would always talk about like, oh, I like your the way you market your place, this and that, um. Yeah, yeah, just uh, you so, know. So, what was the next evolution for you? You you take over. You're someone's exit strategy. You're working by yourself for mm-hmm. like a couple months, or you said two weeks. And two weeks, and then you hire somebody who helps you kind of you know bear the weight. Um, when did you move into this location? So these came. I was on this location uh, for on this location. We're talking about the smaller location for five years. Five years. So 2014. Yeah, five years. Got it. And um, where did you? Where was the business in 2014 compared to where you were when you started? Um, it was much better, but you know, I, I can't say it was like booming. You know, what did you learn personally in that five years? How did how did your role at the restaurant evolve? Was it? Where did you have more than two? Was it just you and somebody else five years into? No, I already had uh, you know like four or five people working. Um, you know, sometimes you know two during the. You said it was time. open concept. It was an open kitchen concept. Open kitchen. Yeah. Was it counter service? Counter service, yeah. Got it. I mean, uh, it was a counter service, but I always wanted to deliver the full restaurant experience that I came from. Mm. So, so people, touch. yeah. So people would come to the counter. Yeah. And I would sit them, you know, at the table as if I was the host. Got it. Right? So you treated the counter as a host in. Yes. Got yes. It. I would grab the menu and sit them and teach everybody how to do that. You know, um, because you know, uh, you know, uh, before people were just like taking orders right at the counter, and they would sit themselves. Yeah, I would sit them. I'll, you know, I would sit them at the touch. table. A, a little extra touch. Yeah. You know, go to the table, take the order. You know, sometimes I would sit them, and they would come to the counter to place. It's like, no, 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 I'm gonna go there. Yeah, you know. So, so with five employees, were you still mainly the the chef? Was that still your focus, or were yeah, you, mm-hmm. what? How were you shedding responsibility? How, no, I wasn't really sharing. I was just, okay. uh, uh, th- I mean, there was responsibility shared, but I wasn't very uh, thoughtful of that. You know, I I was still like wanting to have my hands on everything. Yeah. What were the biggest lessons you learned during this first four or five years from 2009, 2014? Um, How did you grow as a professional during this time? It's, it's, it, you know, obviously, uh, I grew, right? And mm-hmm. it's, it's sometimes it's, it's hard to pinpoint what you did. But, you know, like, I, you know, I learned uh, things about, like, like I had a, a, a very big menu, yeah. you know, uh, I, I, I learned about, like, how to, dele- you know, try to delegate things, uh, how to train people properly, you know, uh, which is not an easy task. No. Uh, Finances, I I was hurt financially, you know, during this this time too, because we were 
just coming out of that bad recession that we had yeah. prior. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you know, like I had my electricity, you know, about to be cut off, you know, a couple of times, you yeah. know, like how, you know, like I, so I had to really learn, you know, finances, you know, um, where did you go to learn this stuff? Like where? just hands on, yeah, hands on a lot of, uh, my videos, you know, a lot of seminars, you know, yeah. going to some networking events and networking with people that could, you know, uh, educate me a little so, more. So what were the biggest things that you started to do that you weren't doing that made the biggest impact and how you got to where you are today? Um, uh, planning, you know, like I, I actually happened to do like a business plan after I already was in business. <laughs> so what did uh, that do? How did that business plan help you if you're already in business? I mean, the, the purpose of a business plan is to sell your vision to a bank yeah. and show that you have just, a plan. Just yeah. to have a map, a roadmap. What right? did that roadmap look like? Well, um, setting goals, you know, um, you know how you know how what what you you like to be doing sales. Yeah, you know what were your goals? Do you remember the goals you had then? Um, I do. You know, I remember at that time like we were we used to do like four or five thousand dollars a week in okay. sales. So we were doing roughly about twenty k in sales. Okay. Um, and uh, per my, month. Per month. Yeah. yeah. So um, I wanted to like. To hit like you know half a million dollars for example okay so you're right? doing about 240 a year and your goal was to double your revenue yes so yeah. when once you made that goal to double to double your revenue how did your behavior start to change when i reached that goal or what's that what what did you say how so my you, behavior you making changed? about you said you were making about twenty thousand a, a month so times 12 you're at like two 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 hundred forty thousand yeah. a year. You want to get to half a million, so you mm-hmm. want to double your your gross mm-hmm. income. What what things did you start doing once you established this goal? How did having this goal help you show up differently to achieve that goal? Um. Well, I mean, everything started like with uh, you know how do I market this? You know, uh, for more people. How do I attract more people? Uh, mind you, that I'm in a community that's not very inclined to try this is ethnic bef- food yeah this is before you moved to this location still right yes so, okay mm-hmm. so yeah i mean new- yeah that goal i didn't really hit that goal until northern I moved to this massachusetts location. west midwestern massachusetts new hampshire not very ethnic, ethnic. yeah it's yeah a, it's mostly white people yeah yeah well i mean like in these areas especially yeah, yeah. you know um so it's still it's still like an uphill battle you know but uh we, you know, we we got a nice clientele, and we we got you know, um, people coming outside of uh, you know. Some people drive forty five minutes to come here, but you know, for basically, you know, like the marketing portion of it was something that I also focused a lot on. You know, how do I market yeah. these in a way that I can attract the people that you know, you know, want to come in and, and and try. So, what's the answer to that to question? Try. Um, you know, like I still like this, this, even like 12, 13 years later, it's still something that it's not, it hasn't been fully answered. Yeah. And I tell you why it drives me crazy. Uh, I go before COVID, especially, you know, I used to go to a lot of tastings, 
a lot of uh, you know the community events that they have downtown and things like that set up a booth and sell food sample food or whatever the situation is yeah and uh, people would come by and be like oh my god i see you everywhere oh my friend told me about you guys they love it i drive by blah blah why blah why don't you stop and i'm like <laughs> I would, my question would be like uh, have you ever gone and they like no i'm like why yeah I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to order. I don't know what to get. You know, stuff like that. You know, so it's still like something that hasn't been fully answered. Yeah. But like what I started doing was educating people on mm. Brazilian food and the videos that How I was did doing. How you start educating them? You know, like doing videos where Facebook? you can show. Yeah, we can show how the food is made. Showing some benefits. Now, this so, is like between 2009, 2004. So, Instagram's on the scene by this point, too. Yeah. Just starting to emerge. Were you on Instagram at this time, too? Or is it just mainly Facebook at this time? Just mainly Facebook. But that the key, what I heard from you, is educate people. Mm-hmm. Create content around educating yeah. people and take the fear out of it. Take the yes, strangeness yes, out of yes. it. Make it familiar. Yes, yes. That's, a, that's the approach that I started taking, especially when I came to this location. That's when I fully started. Doing so, did you get? Did you hit your goal of half a million in a year before coming to this location? Before coming, no, I, we did a half after I came to okay. this location. Yeah. So, um, what were the? So, you just started, like you mentioned, you started putting it out there. You started sharing information. You started educating people on on Brazilian food. Mm-hmm. What kind? What would give me an example of like what the videos would look like? Um, you know, I'll do like showing, literally building the dishes and showing benefits of uh, what we serve. Uh, talking culturally speaking, you know, like talking about the region that that comes food comes from uh you know talking a little bit a little bit of a story of how i you know i was brought up eating that type of food mm. and everything um uh, a lot of tastings as well you know a lot of tastings you know um but you know mainly through video was you know explaining yeah and doing you know we had a lot of uh some like funny videos and funny things, you know, like your personality things. Yeah, make it human. Uh, it. During the snow, uh, during snowstorms, I have uh, during the winter. I have a video that I, I haven't really been posting anymore, but um, I, I, I asked the landlord for his front loader. You know, like you know the front loader, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I did a video where like I say, hey, no matter how bad the the storm is <laughs> we you're gonna get your delivery you know we're gonna go above and beyond to do your delivery <laughs> you know we are open today you know most people close them yeah. when there's no yeah. storms you know we're gonna do your delivery you know call us da 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 and then the camera catches me goes going up on this front loader with the food with a with the <laughs> delivery bag it's like you know no matter the <laughs> weather condition we will we'll get there you just have fun yeah so yeah. this was something that uh like a video that i did that kind of gone viral wow. in this area here sometimes people you know in the supermarket like oh the guy <laughs> <laughs> uh you know some things like that you know yeah to try to you know attention what about you, you said you were also learning about financials like and i don't i wouldn't blame i didn't know anything about financials when i was in my mid-20s 
early 30s either. Mm-hmm. Just now is really when I'm starting to learn. So what were those key lessons? Did you start doing your did, – did the guy that you bought the restaurant from teach you anything about how to manage the numbers, how to run the books? Did you guys – were you doing a profit no, and loss? Not, a, not at all. I uh, started doing like an Excel spreadsheet, you know, uh, probably for a good three years. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I learned about like QuickBooks and things like that. So when did you start using tools like QuickBooks? Probably my fourth year. Okay, so 2013. Yeah, fourth year. So for the first three years, I was doing an Excel spreadsheet. I actually, it's funny because uh, I, as as you as I'm talking about it, I'm remembering the the little uh, Excel spreadsheet that I did for this, and you know, cost is in one, and you know, in one side. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Right. Um, I yeah, I actually I did it myself. Like, you know, I just. You know, did it simple? Like, yeah, you know, cost expense. Yeah, make sure exactly. that there's cost more and expense. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know, or cost or profit rather. Yeah. Um. So, anything during this time before moving to the location we're sitting at today? How many seats in this location? Eighty two. Eighty two. So, quadrupling the size of your restaurant, mm-hmm. basically. Um. What led into this opportunity? Did you did somebody approach? Did you go to somebody? Did somebody approach you? I you know like one of the ultimate goals when I started uh, in this smaller location was to do the Brazilian barbecue, right? Uh, so you were were you not doing Brazilian no, barbecue? No, no. Okay, over so, there was kind of more of a sandwich shop. Uh, I had a couple entrees. A sandwich shop? Yeah, I had a lot of you know Brazilian burgers and sandwiches, typical that we we have. I have uh, entrees as well, um, but uh, coming here, I wanted to set the tone of more of uh, casual dining, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, like, you need uh, some space to do the radizio, okay. you know. Is that the barbecue, the, the style of barbecue you do, radizio? Yes, yes. There was a rotisserie um, oven over there that we have. That uh, you know, grill the meats and everything. I'll I'll take you back. Yeah, there I'll bring, show you. we'll bring the camera back there. Yeah, too, if you're, if you're yeah. Okay with that. Um, so, did you approach this this the person that had this this like how did this space become yours? Okay, so I one time I was in a restaurant and somebody walked in from one of these uh, big uh, property management companies. Yeah, uh, you know, trying to pick up somebody to yep. set, go into their locations and things like that. And I didn't really have an idea that, that what it was. I just thought it was a guy believing in me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, wow, this guy wants me to go to that, you know, big store over there, big space. So was he a real a broker? Yeah, was broker? he was a broker. Got it. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that was like with three years into it. I'm like, wow, this is interesting. And I, I, I looked what he was offering at me and everything, but it just didn't make sense. You Why know? didn't it make sense? Uh, I mean, financially, you yeah. know, they you were know, asking, like there, yeah. you know. But he, he, that's little seed, you know. It, it saw a little seed in my mind, you know. That, so Was it this space he was approaching you about or no, a different space? Different space, Got a it. plaza. Close but now, now you started thinking. Now bigger. I started thinking. Yeah. yeah, I started thinking. Yeah, you know, like I could see myself, you know, in a bigger location, right? So basically, you know, I started looking. I started looking, and I came across the space looking at listing on the internet. I came check it out. This was the Italian restaurant 
before you know we came in yeah um basically it was a couple that was also trying to you know to get out bad yeah. bad yeah. bad bad uh so another another good another uh, yeah and yeah. another pretty good uh deal that we had you know coming in here as well there's almost just as many people looking to get out of the industry as there are people yeah, looking to get into the industry. You got to find, you know, that's the thing, man. Sometimes there's there's Let's something out there. Them. Yeah. There's something out there that so you, you approach them? just don't know. I approached them. So yeah. but did you know that the they market. were was, How did you know to approach them? Was there It rumor? was in the market. So they put it on they, they put, put it on. on yeah, okay. yeah, like I said, uh, you know, they, uh, they had a listing out. Okay. You know, and I and I saw um What was appealing about it? Um, the fact th- that they wanted to get out. Th- and I mean, I didn't know they wanted to yeah. get out, but uh, I mean, it was uh, you know uh, they didn't give the exact location, but they said close by the mall, you know, off the off off of Route Two. It's like, wow, this is an interesting place. Let me reach out. And once I reached out, you know, we started talking, and uh, I c- I came check out the place and everything. And I was like, wow, you know this. This could be it. Yeah. This could be it. What was appealing about the physical space? Um, it wasn't too big. It wasn't too small. You know? Um, open? Yeah, it was open. It was off of the highway. Um, you know, this plaza here, there's a, there a good food traffic here in this yeah. plaza. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the space was already suited for... What I wanted to do. What made it so the kitchen? The kitchen, yeah, the kitchen. You know, the layout was pretty much. I'm assuming you had to probably bring in the rotisserie. Yeah, that was probably yeah. the one. Where the rotisserie of, is yeah. right now. Yeah, there used to be a pizza oven over Got there. Got it. Yeah, the space was there. Yeah, the space was there. Got the it. hood was there. You know, so it was, it was great. It was great. You know, so. So were you able to sell the restaurant that you started in to? I did, and I you did. owned it outright at that. Yeah, point. Yeah, I. Yeah, that's another thing. I found somebody to occupy that. Okay. So I found somebody to occupy that, and I was getting into this. So it worked out perfectly. That is perfect. It worked out perfectly. So what what was this? What made you ready? This is two years after the first time you were approached. Okay. What what happened from the the time the broker approached you to that planted the seed to actually mm-hmm. be like now I'm ready. Mm-hmm. That two-year period, what, what evolved with you and your business to make you feel like you were ready? Or was this just a better deal? What, what, what changed from that time that the broker approached until I actually made the move? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think uh, the, the right opportunity, I think it really felt like it was the right opportunity. Um, and, yeah, it just really felt like it was the right opportunity. Got it. Um, everything seemed to be in place. Yeah, what for about this you to as an operator at this point? Because you start in 2009, never owning a restaurant. Where mm-hmm. now the year is 2014. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're, when I came here, you're five years later. Um, what are you? How are you different now at the at, at this point in your career in 2014? What are what are you? How have had you evolved? Uh, definitely more seasoned. I mean, I. I really grasped, you know, like I, I, I had to really fast track the learning of how to run a restaurant, how to run a kitchen, how to, you know, deal with, uh, you know, employees, you know. I, how I, mean, to- I know it's going back six years or longer, seven years ago now, mm-hmm. right? Or eight years ago. Are there new systems you plugged in or new 
uh, procedures? Like, did you start having procedures? Like, Absolutely. what things Absolutely. did you do? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I started modeling what like successful restaurants were, were doing out there. You know, and you know, creating lists and you know, creating processes and systems and you know, uh, something difficult about my situation is that. Um, not a lot of people are familiar with what I do. So if you hire like a cook that's not Brazilian, mm. it's a lot of heavy lifting, you know, to make, you know, get that person to know, learn, you know, yeah. what you grew up doing and knowing, right? Um, so, you know, I, I looked into tools, you know, that uh, could help us. Um you know, like I being a small restaurant, uh, I usually say we are a small business, but we're not small minded. Yeah. You know, small business sometimes, you know, they they are hesitant about treat your little business like a big business. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was a lot of things that big business do that doesn't make sense for us. And there's a lot of things that big business do that we should use it, you know. So just really e- equipping myself and. You know, becoming more seasoned on you know what I do, what I did, like really trying to fast track, you know, because yeah. I, you know, I had to like learn quickly, you know, I had to learn quickly, and I I did do a lot of mistakes, um, and thank God I I, I had support for from some people. What were some of the biggest mistakes you made? I'm assuming this is before you're opening in this current location, right? You made a lot, or I mean, can you reflect back on some of the big mistakes you made that you can help prevent somebody else from making that mistake? From uh, big mistakes, um, yeah, running, yeah. Um, uh, boy, uh, there's a lot of mistakes that I made, but uh, I think uh, one big mistake that most people make. It's uh, waiting to become, you know, like bigger to start implementing some things that they can implement yeah. when they're small. And it, it's easier when you're small. Yeah. What were those things? So when did you start imp- implementing these things? Is when, that, when you moved to this location or were you already doing these things at the other location? I was already doing some things in all the locations. So what were the things you started to implement that, you, you know, that, that wasn't too big for you? Like, for example, one thing that I, I you know why I was working at uh, Vinny Tess's, you know, pre-meals. Mm-hmm. You know, pre-meals is something that not a lot of restaurants do. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly, you know, like the bigger restaurants. Yeah. Uh, or monthly meetings, you know. You know, so I, you know, these are small things, you know. But I, you know, wanted to start doing, you know, weekly meetings, monthly meetings with my staff. Mm. You know, letting them know, you know, like... What entails to do what we're doing? You yeah. know what I mean. Uh, I also usually have an analogy that uh, you know. Let, let me show you this. But you see, you see me pressing this pen down my yes. my arm right now. So if you're listening to can this you, right now, Rodrigo is can, pushing a pen into his his forearm. Okay, can you can you feel the pain that I'm feeling right now? I can't. You can't, right? No. You imagine, right? That's mm. pretty painful right now. Yeah. But you can't feel the pain, no. right? I think one of the jobs of like a restaurant owner is try to teach the staff, you know, show the staff, have them get the sense, you know, that it's hurting. This pen is hurting down my skin right now. Yeah. It's hurting. 
they have an idea. Some don't even care, but some people that care, they have an idea, but they don't fully understand. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, it's, it, 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 yeah, it's really getting them to see the bigger picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you wanted to start doing meetings to be able to communicate the big picture regularly. And yeah. this is actually coming. Um, if you're interested, if, if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, I'd, we have meetings, but they're not regular. Maybe we do like a monthly meeting. Yeah. Or maybe we call a meeting when it's needed. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm huge into traction right now. This book that I've been reading, oh, Gina, yeah, Gina Wickman. Uh, oh yeah, um, and what the heck is EOS or what the heck is EOS, which is the Entrepreneurial Operating System? Mm-hmm. And do you use the? Is that the format you use? I you know I've uh, I've uh, listened to this book once, and right now what I'm doing, I'm I bought two books, one for. Uh, my manager, another one for my bar manager. Is it Traction or what the heck is EOS? Traction. Got it. Got yeah. It. So what the heck is EOS is a spinoff of Traction. Oh, uh, that's a which, yeah. So in the in the book Traction, they talk about the on, the entrepreneurial operating system, which is the way they describe it in the book. It's just a language. Like if you're going to be, every culture has a language. So if you're trying to build a culture in your business, you need to establish a language that everybody understands that language. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is the idea of the EOS, the entrepreneurial operating, the entrepreneurial operating system i am the i'm after gino wickman right now like i'm trying to get him on the show and i'm personally trying to implement the the format for meetings at restaurant unstoppable so if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking to yourself i need to be better about meetings like reach out to me join the network because i I plan on going deeper into this subject right here because it's so important Mm -hmm. the idea of just regular communication weekly like blocking time and never skipping a meeting, right? And just yeah. making it happen. So hard. How did that? How did that change your business when you started doing this? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you. You start noticing, you know, uh, that some people. It's not, and again, it's not going to be everybody all the time, right? That you know, some people start to care a little more. Um, some people start applying the things that you're saying. Um, you know, there's things that uh, I want them to. Um, you know, uh, for example, things that I do, uh, that's something that I, I haven't done yet. But like I like to want I like to get one member of the team to run a shift as a manager, mm. get a, a server and run the you know, have that person run the shift as a manager, you know, to see the other side of the coin. So, you know, a lot of this meaning is, like I said, trying to get them to you know feel the pain yeah. w- what's like to to run a business uh and seeing the other side of the coin mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah uh, you get a yeah it's 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 creating a company of owners and mm-hmm. having people see from it's like the, the game of the great game of business like you mm-hmm. can't just have people as employees you need to teach them the game of a business Right and get it from your perspective, the owner's perspective. What happens when they start to see it from your perspective? They start to understand your pain. How does that change things? I mean, it makes it makes things easier, right? It takes me things easier. Uh, you know, I've had people saying, "I never really thought about it." You know, I never really looked at this as you know the point of view you you're saying right now. Quick example: it just happened in like this past week. Yeah. Uh, somebody from you know the kitchen was just giving you know free food to a server, mm. and it was just like French fries and rice and nothing that costs a lot of money. Yeah. But I said, please don't do that. You ju- you just feeding a bad habit. 
you know, and trust me, I wanted to do this uh, a, a lot, you know, but from one fries, it goes to, you know, uh, a burger, a burger <laughs> and a burger goes to, steak. you know, steak yeah. and then filet mignon, you know, and, then, and it's not. It's, and then you're it's, helping yourself to the freezer. It's exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It, and it's not that I'm a bad person and I'm cheap, you know, to be thinking this way. It's just that it, it's not a it's. It, doesn't feed a good habit yeah okay and every now and again i'll buy them something you know i'll offer them to try something but it can't be it just can't be done like that and then these persons at first was like you know like they they were thinking of me as cheap and then a couple of days later he said he said hey you know like i really understand why now you know you 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 told me that and it makes sense yeah makes sense so why What's what? Why is it so important? Like for people who are listening to this, who are, who are super green, and they're just opening, why is it not okay just to give your team free food, French fries, whenever they want it, without tracking it? Well, first of all, it's a, it's a product that one costs money, yeah, and, uh, and 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 two, you know, that product's going out, you know, without being tracked as free. Okay, so if you're gonna give somebody, you wanna put through the system and track comp that so you know that's that was you, you know, can track it exactly. so you know it's not just like waste like it's just lost like yeah, exactly. you know where it's going right exactly exactly uh number two you know um you know letting people know you know that uh you know i mean we're running a business here you know uh and we want to be nice and everything super nice you know uh but nothing comes through the door you know, without an invoice, you know, therefore nothing goes out of the door without, yeah. without an invoice either. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, besides that fact, it's just, you know, having people just really understand, you know, that uh, they, they can't just get stuff, you know, Every, everything needs to be tracked. Yeah, right. Yeah. In a way. So some of the big things you started doing, uh, just communicating regularly, uh, weekly meetings, pre-shift meetings, uh, monthly meetings. You started tracking and really keeping control of your inventory, knowing where everything's going. What were the other things that you started to do that really started to help you shift gears like we were talking about before the interview started? Um, the, the biggest things, you know, um, that got me to shift gears uh, well, it's number one, you know, which is to, to it's very difficult is to is to get people to buy into your culture. OK, yeah. the, the first most difficult thing to me is to uh, for people really to get the idea of uh, to, to sell the idea of the business. Right. To, to sell the business idea. When you say idea of the business, you're talking about mission, vision. Yes. Yes. Values. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the that's the culture, yeah. you know. Right. That's the culture. But, you know, just like when you sell the idea to an investor, for example, they need to buy into that idea that's going to work. The same thing is when you hire somebody, you know, you need to sell the idea that they're by, they they dedicating a portion of their lives to something that's going to work and that's going to yield them, you know, some good fruits. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, you know, you know, it why doesn't else, make sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's number one. You really get people to see, you know, that. that so how that do you value. get people to do that? Uh, a lot of times, you know, telling my story, telling where we were, 
telling where we are, telling where we like to be. This is usually the best way to communicate that's worth buying to this idea to, mm-hmm. of coming, you know, working here. Yeah. Right? And the other thing is the culture, the yeah. values, the mission, and everything. When right? did you have time? When did you, when did you go through the motions of actually putting onto paper what your culture was? Um, actually, not too, too, too long ago. Yeah. Um, and that's something that a lot of people neglect. You know, and uh, it, it should be, you know, you know, reinforced. What was that exercise like for you of of, of getting intentional? Of saying, actually, this is who I we are. I did that with a friend of mine that was my first, my very very first uh, manager. Okay, um, Reggie, and uh, he now today he runs uh, the TD Garden. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, very cool dude. So and, when it, was this? That that was. Um, Little bit prior to COVID. Okay, so 2019? 2019 and 18, mm-hmm. uh, that we started, you know, doing this. Uh, I actually got into, I don't know if you ever heard of trainwell.com. Yes, trainwell.com. So, trainwell.com is where we house all of our training, got you it. know, um, you know, put people through there. Got it. But, uh, how you does know, that work? So, you, I, I've heard of trainwell, I've never actually seen it in action. It's so, really good. It's really good. It's a way for you to document all of your SOPs and, you know, you, you know everything you want that has to do with training, uh, a place for them to revisit. You know, once they are, get out of training mode, they keep revisiting. It's a place where you can upload new things and have people go there and look yeah. again. Um, it's a way for me to save some time in training. There's one thing also that's very silly that I've, I've done. Um, when I say silly, it's simple that I, I did. I, you know, like before onboarding people, when I was onboarding people, I will uh, do an onboarding, you know, uh, session with them, you know, um, meeting with them. And I would sit through a meeting, you know, like with this, every, everybody, everybody. And four or five years ago, I recorded myself doing one you know uh, orientation class yeah and thereafter i never serve anybody anymore <laughs> and i just think of myself when I, this one little thing that i did and i like how many hours yeah that i have you know saved you know by having that video done once and it was nothing you know professional i had my phone and i just videotaped myself doing orientation class to a group of people and then I just, you know, everybody that comes on board, I have them go through there. Yes. And I just wanted to kick myself in the butt, you know, <laughs> like for not doing yeah. it earlier. Yeah. Uh, because, huge. you know, to, you know, turnover is, is something pretty high in restaurants. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, you get it. You go through a lot of people yeah. and it costs a lot of money, costs a lot of time. Yeah. You know, uh, and th- this that's such a simple thing. Yeah. That uh, I did four or five years ago. And... Uh, it's like, wow, you know? Yeah. So one of the things I'm curious about, um, and I know you started using one of the first things you did to kind of get control of your numbers was move the QuickBooks mm-hmm. where you now have a system, a ledger mm-hmm. where you can track your, and get like an idea of what your cash flow is, money in, money out. Are you still using QuickBooks? You're still using QuickBooks. Um, I, I use, um, some other tools to 
help me uh, that that's more restaurant geared. So that, why did you feel like you needed something more than QuickBooks? Because I, I wanted to really nail down to like recipe cards and labor costs. And, so why do you need things? What, what do you mean recipe cards and labor co- costs? What do you mean? Well, uh, really know whatever, how much everything is costing, right? Yeah. Um, QuickBooks give you an overview of yeah. how your business is running. But you can't really tell, you know, how many of this dish you're selling and how much money you're making on this versus this other dish. And, uh, you know, how much labor, you know, goes into make this dish that's, you know, not selling as much. And this other one that's less labor and selling a lot, you know, uh, with uh, this other tool, which is actually something I like to talk about is. You know, Restaurant System Pro. Yeah. When did you start using Restaurant Systems Pro? Restaurant System Pro, I started using around 2018 or so. Beginning 2018, maybe late 2017. How did you discover this? Were you out searching? Did you know you had to take your business to the next level? Did you know you were falling short? Did you not have recipe cards? Did you not have... Um, were, you, were you missing certain data that you, you knew you needed? I, I had some of this stuff, but, you know, sort of like loose papers or loose yeah. files on a computer. And uh, this tool is just a way to really put everything under one roof. Uh, it's, you know, when I looked at a lot of different things, uh, this is very robust. So you see everything under one roof. What, what are the things? What are those items? You know, we're talking labor, right? And when you're talking labor, it's not just labor. It's like it's it's like having a pulse, uh, having your finger on a pulse every single day. You know, like I never understood, you know, like how people run this big business without being there. Yeah. You know, it's never like in my mind. It was, I was like, how these people, this big corporate run. Do you know the answer to that question now? Well, now I do. What is the answer? Now, now I do. You know, running these systems yes. that they can look at these big dashboards yeah. and they can sense what, you know, something's going left or right yes. and say, hey, redirect, redirect, yeah. redirect. So, so funny that you're mentioning this because it was David Scott Peters uh, who first put Restaurant Systems Pro on my radar because David was the founder. Yeah. Um, and he partnered with Fred Langley, who's now the sole proprietor, I believe, of yeah. Restaurant Systems Pro. Uh-huh. Um, and David quoted saying, you don't want to create people-dependent organizations. You want to create system-dependent mm-hmm. organizations and put good people into those organizations. Mm-hmm. So when you started back in 2009, you were a person-dependent operation. If you didn't show up, Yes. The restaurant did not function because it needed you. It depended yeah, on you. Yeah, a lot. You know, this is what, you know, like uh, the intellectual knowledge of your business, you know, yeah. you know, walks in and out of your door. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, some of the employees yeah. and some of you, you know, when it doesn't have to walk out of the, the door. So if John isn't here, there are certain tasks that can't be done because yes. nobody else knows how to do it. Yes. And so, those, nobody else has a place to go. To see how that's done, you know, maybe you're not gonna get it done as good as John that does every day, but somebody needs to know how to get it done. Yep, yep. So when you start using these tools like Restaurant Systems Pro, where they give you the tools, they give you the systems. Look, you could go create all the systems from scratch. You could create your own labor management process. You could create your own opening process. You could create any kind of process you want to do that you need to do to be successful in the restaurant industry, or you can plug something into your business that's already been fine tuned in like 
like created and you plug it in. Like why build something from scratch when you could plug it into your business and use those mm, systems? Right? Mm, yeah, existing, something existing. Yeah, and you're recreating yourself with tools and, and technologies and systems. And I think your your story about your training is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Like the training depended on you. Mm-hmm. And then all you did is use one little piece of technology to, to create a system. Yeah. Now you're training depended on the system that you created exactly. through yeah. the training. Yeah. Right? Um, so you mentioned labor management, mm-hmm. right? Um, what about financial support? Cause I know that's a big part of what they do, right? The, yeah. The recipe uh, costing. Yeah. I mean, um, you just finance, you mean like, uh, not from the point of view like a QuickBooks, which is actually a new feature that they're having. Yeah, with you know they they are they have already built so that you don't you're not gonna need like QuickBooks anymore. Got it. So General yeah. Ledger. Basically. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, but what really attracted me to this is you know like you can literally if you use the system you know as designed you can see the whole picture of what happened that day. It's from data. little written, from written reports, from you know how much in labor you know you spend, how much in in, in food you know that you brought in, um, how much you sold, you know um, all these kind of things you know that snapshot yeah that you know it's 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 critical it's it's essential you know for yeah. you to and that's that's how big businesses are run you know yeah. and. You know, you create those those systems and people follow it. So, what? Why did it take you, in your opinion? Um, was it nine years, two thousand nine to two two thousand nineteen? Right, two thousand eighteen, mm-hmm. almost nine yeah. years, eight years to to implement this technology. Did, did you just uh, not I know mean, about it? Was two thousand eighteen, two thousand seventeen? Yeah. But like, I I had some stuff, but not as robust and as complete as thorough yeah. as what we have now yeah you know and um you know it's you know like getting people also to do something new is 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 a little complicated you know you know all of a sudden you're not you're not doing inventories now you're doing inventories anymore so it's you know people people see that as an extra chore you know an extra thing i why this you know um and again, you know, comes with having to explain why you, you do that, you know. And if you don't do that, you know, like it's like the pen, you know, yeah. the needle down your, you know, um, pressing down your arm, you know, because you're just driving the car without a GPS. You you're running a business off of your bank account, and that's not how you run business. You can't run business. Sometimes you could have some money in your bank account, but doesn't mean the business is making money, right? Yeah. So, what was it? What was it that you think made you get to the point? I mean, you said you were using stuff before. So, was it just that you didn't know this, these tools and services were available to you? Is that what the challenge was? Why? What took you eight or nine years to start imp- implementing these tools? Is Did, it just becoming aware? Well, the, the stuff that I've heard about, uh, and I, you know, I was learning, right? I was learning, and I, I also work with a restaurant. Uh, person that uh, you know consultant that you know also helps me gear me in the right direction um, his name is Joe Welch okay. somebody that's actually could be a good person yeah. to bring here is he local here 
He is in Pennsylvania. Okay. So did he did he advise you to yeah. implement technology? Into yes. There, there was a, there was a lot of advice that came from from him, and he is actually the one that went to one of um, David's uh, seminar yeah. or something that he used to do a lot of seminars yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so you know, so I I, I was we were, we were looking at different things. And you know, I I really like the the software that they have. Yeah. You know, and how you can easily reduce one or two percent in your food cost. Yeah. You know, there is a lot of heavy lifting that needs to be done in order for this, you know, to engine going, to run. Onboarded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it is worthy, and like I, like I said, you, you 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 know you need to know you know different parts of a business that you know. You know that's, you know that's important. You yeah. know, like okay, your beverage sales is great, but what's performing better? Yeah, you know, so, you know, and and it helps things you know not go out the door. You know, the back door per se. You know, so if if there was anything wrong, you know, why is this inventory 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 off? Yeah, yeah. You know, you need those tools. You, mm-hmm. in, in, like I said, you can create, you can try to build those tools from scratch and use your own systems and processes, or you can plug a system or process that's been super refined, mm-hmm. built by experts, built by coders. Nothing that yeah. you could ever achieve on your own. Plug it into your business. Yeah. One other thing we haven't talked about, um, if we're kind of following the timeline, we're more present time. In 2021, you started another business. Yes. So what's that? Okay. So I have always heard of, uh, you know, before COVID. Yeah. Probably two years prior to COVID of ghost kitchens. And it was something that I, I you know, I wanted to put my hands on. Um, I, I was already doing pretty good with uh, takeout and delivery, you know. What percentage uh, would you say is takeout versus take? A good 10%. 10% is take out delivery. Yeah. Is that one yeah. take out and delivery? Is that grouped? Yes. So 10% for both. Mm-hmm. 90% yeah. in-house. Yeah. Got it. Um, you know, this is something that we had already been set up to do. You know, we had the good online tools and everything. Yeah. Um, we offered the different ways for people to order. Um, we were on third party, you know, platforms and things like that. Uh, most people, you know, talk, you know, trash about the third party but i honestly think it's a good way to get people that you that hasn't people that haven't heard of you yeah uh and then it's your job to convert them into ordering directly from you so Uh, before we move forward what is what's your process for getting people to order directly from you What, what does that look like what tools do you use what process do you take um we have uh bag stuffers that we do um, there was that bag stuffers. Yeah, what bag stuffers like you put something inside of the bag. You know, Got it. next extra. time you order online, go to kamikido dot com. Yeah, and give some incentive. Give me an example of some what what would be in in a bag? What, what, like a bag stuffer? What would you put in it? Like a like a flyer with a QR code. Okay. With a you know with a code of five dollars off. Got it. Or um you know something and that QR code would redirect. To your website, redirects to my website. To your menu, where the, when they check out, there'd be a discount. Yes, and okay. then the, the code for them to enter that okay. information. Got it. Got it. You know, um, 
there is um, ways that uh, we have co- have gotten their email. Uh, for example, uh, Grubhub gives you some information. Yeah. Your name, phone number, you know, address and everything. So you can kind of like, you know, create Excel spreadsheet. Building a list. Yeah, building a list. And there is a way to extract that information automatically uh, that you can remarket to those people that once ordered online from you. So what's the narrative when you're asking them to not use Grubhub but to order directly from you? Do you just tell them straight up that you make more money? Like, what's that look like? Um, I have. I yeah. have I have literally said, uh, you know, if you could please use this link next time, you know, third parties take a big chunk of our sales, yeah. literally. Um, but yeah, we have, we have done that. But you know, which is... It's difficult because these people are so used to, you know, ordering their ways. It's easy. It's it's habitual. Yeah, it's it's in their convenience, you yeah. know, like and these big companies they make it so easy, right? When you go order something on Amazon now, it's like two clicks. So these big companies yeah, they and it's there you in click two buy hours. now and then in, you know two more clicks and you're done, yeah. you know. Um, and some other tools, you know, you might not have that simplicity of doing doing that. Uh, but that's how we try to convert. So know? this is all before COVID nineteen. That you were, you was were before. Set up. Yeah, you were yeah. set up. You're already doing best practices to convert yes. people from third party when, to yeah. native. When COVID hit, I was already. I'm curious. Were you what what POS were you using? Um, what what website were you using to be able to? How what did that that framework look like? Your digital presence. What that framework look looks yeah, like? Yeah, when people what were ordering online, were, they're ordering from your website. Yeah. Um, what? How are you collecting payment? Like, what tools were you implementing to order to uh, collect payment online? Well, uh, we use nine folds. I've, I've used some other things. Right now, I'm using nine folds. Is that a POS? You know, nine folds is the online ordering system. Got it. Uh, the POS is Upserve. Got it. Okay. So, using nine folds mm-hmm. in conjunction with uh, Upserve POS. Yes. Um, well, not in conjunction. Okay. Because they're they. they there isn't an integration there. There is not. There is not an integration okay. there at the moment. No. Okay, but you're using Ninefolds to collect payment online, and was it also in your menu? Like, what is it exactly that Ninefolds does? It, it basically, you know, it's a online ordering portal. Okay. Where you plug in your menu items there, you know, and they create a menu, pictures, you know, nicely everything put together. You know, you, you have a link you put on your website with the only uh, order online button, and uh, it's done through through that link. And uh, they they take care of the transaction. They take and care. They of send it. you. Do they take a commission percentage? No, no, no. Okay. No, no. And then once, how does that link up with? It doesn't con- um, link to Upserve. No. So how are you getting those orders into your POS to manage? Well, because I use the restaurant system as like my main hub of... Okay. Uh, restaurant Systems Pro. Re- yeah, yeah. What did I say? Restaurant Systems. Yeah, okay. Restaurant Systems Pro. Yeah, I use them as the main hub of uh, looking at my numbers because I, I, I honestly, I have like a couple different channels of how I get orders for things. So you have it's in-house. Hard. Yeah, I have, uh, you know, I have... Um, uh, another another way of capturing through for catering sometimes you know uh um i have uh you know you know all these major third parties so i have different you know channels it, yeah different channels 
and not all of them integrated with uh, with the POS. Which be- yeah, we, we, we observe, which becomes a little you know m- bit of a manual work when yeah. you're closing the day. You gotta go into this place and pull the numbers from here, pull the numbers from there, etc. But everything will go under you know uh, restaurant system pros. Okay. Pro. So you're you're manually entering some of the different channels into it, restaurant system pro. Is that like on a checklist? Does that have to happen at the end of the day? Yes. Got it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we're talking about your new business, Kitchen uh, Virtual Kitchen virtual, Hall. Thank you very much. Virtual, virtual Kitchen Hall. So you were set up for ghost kitchens, basically. I'm assuming the pandemic kind of probably lit a fire under your yeah. ass. What, yeah, what happened was, so I had already knowledge of the, the these ghost brands, ghost kitchen things. Uh, and I was like, dang, I need to get into that you know, quick. Because now it's like first, second month of pandemic. Uh, we were, you know, selling an okay amount of, uh, you know, deliveries and all that. We even turned the restaurant into a little mini market. Okay. So, uh, that's another thing too. So, uh, all the items that, you know, we have in house or selling as groceries, Got you know, it. online for delivery, which was great. Yeah. At some point it was representing 35% wow. of everything that we are doing. So it helps you stay afloat. Yeah, absolutely. I was selling potatoes, tomatoes, onions, you know, everything. Basics, Sugar. Yeah. yeah so they would know, order food flour. and then they could also yeah, order a bag selling of flour. oranges, bananas. Yeah. I was selling, I think, yeah, I, was, I think it was like almost over a hundred items wow. that we are selling. It helped a lot. But anyway, answer your question. So, uh, I, I was like, I, I want to do this, uh, but it takes some time, you know. So, or the biggest I, challenges. That I needed to do something quick, and I knew already about Nextbyte. You know, okay, what's Nextbyte? Nextbyte is get Nextbyte is the considered right now one of the biggest uh, ghost kitchen companies uh, in the industry. Okay, and I joined them. And, uh, you know, I joined them because I needed something quickly. I knew I, I could do myself. So were they contracting out recipes? It's kind of like a franchise? Yes. Yeah, so okay. so I started representing some of their brands here. Got it. And then, uh, you know, as I was doing that, I was like, I, I was developing mine. How was that working for you? Did you get traction? Were you making money with that model? I know a lot of people struggle with that. They, they, it's not that profitable. I've well, uh, you know, like what these ghost kitchen brands, you have to, it's, it has to be considered exponential sales. Exp- okay. So exponential sales. These ghost kitchen brands have to be considered as exponential yeah, sales. Yeah. If you, if you, let's say 100% of what you do is ghost kitchens, or if 100% of what you do is just out of Grubhub or DoorDash, then you have a problem. Yeah. What's the big problem there? Well, because it's not exponential sales. Got it. Right? You have uh you have uh X amount of money that you need to make to like break even. Yeah. And then and start being pro- profitable. Yeah. And from that point on, you know, you you know everything that you sell, you know, let's just say out of your brick mortar, you you you're really profitable. Mm-hmm. All right? Um, when you sell, all, you know, we sell those items with third party or ghost kitchen. Margin obviously, it's not; smaller. it's yeah. less, yeah. but it's still profitable. Yeah, uh, I tell you this, man. I tell you this. Doing, doing what I was doing, you know, their menu. Um, how many? There, sorry, there, go ahead. There, there was, there was, a, you know, a lot of times 
that I was, you know, the deposits that I was getting, monthly deposits that I was getting from these brands that I was doing was very significant. It was very significant. Significant enough to pay my 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 uh my rent my electricity my gas and all that so you're covering your utilities with solely from the yes for those rents and that's one of my claims that i do for for virtual kitchen hall you know that you know that money essentially could help you pay for your rent because that was a big big thing for me when i started doing ghost kitchens using this other company i was like oh shit i don't have to worry about my rent yeah, you know, my rent's taken care of. Was it Nextbytes? What was the name of the? Yeah, Nextbyte. Nextbyte. So, what were how many different concepts of theirs were you running out of your kitchen? Three, three. Which concepts were that? Was chicken wings, was a burger, and a fried chicken. And do they send you? They sent you all the ingredients. Mm-hmm. They they send on how to do this stuff. So they have instructions on how to execute. It's a franchise essentially. It's your exactly. licensing yeah, out their yeah, recipes, yeah. their food, mm-hmm. their branding. Did you have to? Take in like different packaging. Did you carry packaging? No. Okay. No. So there's some flexibility in how. It's yeah, there's the some package. ghost brands that you work. You don't have to do. You know the different packaging. Yeah. At what point when you were doing the best with these? What percentage of sales do they make up of your total gross? Uh, during the pandemic, man, I the, that was like fifty percent. Fifty percent. These yeah. ghost kitchen brands. Yeah. During the pandemic, overall, were you down from your? Pre- I was down. Yeah, okay. I was down. Um, today, you're still working with Nextbytes, or have you no. completely gone away from that yeah, to have, do your own thing? Yeah. So, what was the reason from getting away from it? Uh, because I was doing mine. Your virtual, uh, my, yeah, mine. my own. You know. Yeah. And have you built your own up to the point where it's just as profitable? We have. Well, mind you that, that when I said fifty fifty percent. That was during the pandemic. Yeah, we. All we were doing was that. But then, when things started opening, yeah, up again, when things started opening, about those sales, they they, they back dec- to your yeah focus. decreased. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, we have uh, done a pretty significant amount of sales, you know, through my ghost kitchens. So, how many concepts do you have? Five, five in the food hall, the, the virtual kitchen, kitchen hall. hall. Yeah. Um, what are those concepts? Uh, mac and cheese, uh, fried chicken, chicken wings. Uh, Mexican and a burger, and each one of those has their own brand, each their one own them. website. Yes, yeah, we have a, a website called OrderMyFoodToGo.com. Okay, which is the umbrella that houses all five brands. Okay, so we have Virtual Kitchen Hall. Yep, and we have Order My Food To Go. Got it. Okay, Virtual Kitchen Hall sells these concepts over here. Got it. Right. Got it. And how do how do you create awareness about the virtual kitchen uh order my what was it order Virtu- my virtual kitchen hall is the company that sells the license out the brands okay okay order my food to go is the my little DoorDash. let's say got it okay which has these five brands right now got it Do so you, you get it or is that order my food to go.com is that where i would go to, to see these five brands yes and how do you cre- create awareness about order my food to go Order my food to go. We do create awareness, you know, basic based on the markets that we are in. Okay. So if I sign somebody up in uh, Miami, Florida, okay. um, you know, we will do marketing around the brick mortar that's there, you know, in that address that signed up. Okay. You know, to 
uh, order directly from us. Obviously, the the biggest portion of sales comes from the third parties. Yes. Um, so you push your brands to the third parties as well. Just like yeah. you're treating you're treating uh, order my is it order my food dot com is that that's order the, my food. Like, order my food to go.com like a brick and mortar and the, the rule the same rules apply in the sense that you use third parties to create awareness mm-hmm. and then you offboard from the third party to order directly from order my, my food to go.com yeah. got it mm-hmm. and you're operating five concepts mm-hmm. and you're contracting out licensing out basically mm-hmm. franchising out yes your that's the easiest way to explain to restaurants across the country yes how many different restaurants are signed up with you? Right now, we have 32 agreements uh, solidified in less than a year. So is it strategic, those 32? Are you trying to strategically get no, restaurants it's to just, different markets? No, we, uh, we just, we're just marketing across the country. Okay. And, uh, and you're doing that here in Le- Lemister, too? Oh, Lemister. I mean, I do mine. I do, you know, Lemister. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it would be nice if I could pick and choose where I want them. Yeah. You know, but it's not happening like that. So you know? when you first started with OrderMyFood.com with your five brands, was that just in Lemonster, Mass? Just in Lemonster, Mass, yeah. OrderMyFood2Go.com. Yeah. So this is something I feel like most virtual kitchens, most ghost kitchens do well in cities, New York, mm-hmm. Los Angeles, <clears throat> Chicago, where there's a big amount of people who, who don't want it, where it's a pain in the ass to get in a car and drive because of mm-hmm. traffic and all this other stuff. It's more convenient mm-hmm. to order out and get delivery and all that True. stuff. Um, Lemonster, Massachusetts does not fit that, that profile. St- that, that profile. It's, yeah. it's very much, um, I don't know what we'd call it like, um, country. I mean, yeah, you're, you're yeah, surrounded by much. country out here. There's like pretty, a pretty little, much. yeah, a little town, Lemonster. Mm-hmm. How many people live here? Would you say? Uh, 45,000, 50,000. Yeah. yeah. So not huge. Right. Yeah. Um, how did you get, how did you create awareness in a, such a small town where most of the people that live here live here probably don't even know this is an option for them? No, actually they do. Okay. They do. And, uh, and actually sometimes I, I run into some people like, Rodrigo, I was looking at this, uh, this brand the other day online and, you know, and, uh, Little that I know, it's coming from your place. Mac and Cheese Shack. What the hell, man? Well, they're doing everything out of there. That's funny. How does your kitchen handle that? Because you have um, your menu, your your Brazilian steakhouse yep. menu. And you threw five more brands on top of that. Are, These they, menus it, are small. Okay. So it's, it's like five, six, seven. Is items. that the key? That is. Yeah, it has to be like that. Why? More manageable. Yeah. And a loss cross utilization. Yes. So Please you're using, reward that for me. Cross utilization. Utilization. Yeah. So you're you're using ingredients that you already have yeah. for for your Brazilian steakhouse. Yes. Um, and then you can also use those in these brands. Also, it's easier to market one brand around one item. If you're looking to like sell mac and cheese, you create the whole brand around mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Somebody is in Lemonster, Mass, and they go, "I want mac and cheese." your brand is going to show up because all of your marketing, all of your SEO is geared around mm-hmm. that one thing. Right? Yeah. What I'm, else? The, the, I mean, we, uh, we tried. So we also try to market individually brands. For example, people, when they, um, when they sign up, they, they don't have to do all five brands. We ask for at least three. Okay. But, uh, you know, so it's not every market we're going to have five. Got it, got it. So, you know, sometimes we will do, you know, market the mac and cheese, especially if you see if it perform, if performs better. 
you know, in that area. So we like heavily yeah. market. So that. do you contract out and get people to help you with your SEO and mobile design and all that stuff? Um, I have a company that helps me with that. Okay. Are you, are, are you pretty savvy with that stuff yourself? Um, pretty savvy. I don't execute, but uh, when I talk to my guy that's doing that stuff, we we understand each other well. You want to give your guy a plug? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, X Technology, Dennis. Is it X like A X E? Yeah, X. Yeah, X Technology, like the letter X. Got it. Is he just web design and stuff like that? Yeah, uh, he's a full blown marketing agency Got that it. will. You know, he's a software engineer. Okay. And uh, you know, the guy is really smart. You yeah. know, it's really good at what he does. And uh, we align a lot in a lot of things, uh, you know, becoming half a percent better every day. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. Man, I'm having a lot of fun talking to you. I just looked at the time. I can't believe I've been here for almost two and a half hours. Wow. Rodrigo. <laughs> there, 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 there was a lot more. I, I know. So, I mean, <laughs> that's I kind of want to give you the opportunity now. Is there anything that we haven't discussed with regard to, uh, you know, what you've done here with Kamikido and your virtual brands that ha- you want to talk about that we haven't? Brought to the well, conversation. One thing that I think it's really uh, fun and interesting for me to talk about is how I made the transition that when I moved from the smaller location to this location and being here for three months doing a renovation to what you see now, um, what you see now has been around for s- seven yeah, six years. Okay. Six years. So that process yeah, of six, going into... Yeah, six, five, six yeah. years or so. So, uh, so you know, coming from where I came from... Five tables. From five tables, you know, 50, borrowing 50 bucks yeah. to start <laughs> the first day. To, I to, love your story, to, man. To Super have, inspirational. To have uh, my, partner's, my partner walk out in the oh first day. Um, then to go from there to here, that a little more established... I didn't have to borrow any money this time <laughs> to put in the register. <laughs> you know, um, we had a good notion of what we are doing, but I kept that mission, the vision of uh, the Brazilian Steakhouse. So three years being into the location that we just moved in, I wanted to do a full-blown renovation and implement the Brazilian Steakhouse, uh, which was another big move for yeah. me. So let me get this straight. So you have your five seats. You move to this location, 2014, 2017. Three years later, you renovate to do a full-blown Brazilian steakhouse with the rotisserie. That's correct. Got it. That's correct. So, you know, doing that with, uh, at first was I was, um, you know, planning on about like a $50,000 renovation. Yeah. Um, let me guess, 100000 Huh? Did it end up being a hundred thousand? Ended up being literally ninety thousand, ninety something thousand. They always say whatever you think yes, it is, yes, double it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> out of that fifty thousand dollars, I only had seven thousand dollars in the bank. Wow! I only have seven thousand dollars in the bank to for the renovation. Wow! So, which a lot of people will see this as a. Uh, irresponsible thing to do yeah. um, but uh, again I also you know believed in myself and in my guts and 
I have another really good friend who still works with me, uh, you know, doing a lot of marketing this time for a virtual kitchen hall. His name is Dominic Dawson okay. from 42 Resources. Really cool dude. And uh, I had to find a way to raise money to do the renovation. $43,000. Yeah. I, 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 you know, the goal is to get fifty. Yeah, $43,000. Yeah. So we pretty much, we started selling uh, tickets for the grand opening. Oh, wow. So I, I turned the grand opening into like a show where we brought some uh, Brazilian um, samba dancers like the yeah, picture yeah, you see you, behind yeah. me. You know, like we turned into a show and we created like like almost like a movie theater, you know, uh, session, you know, one at five o'clock, another one, you know, at six thirty, seven seatings. o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Seatings. Yeah. yeah. Seatings. Uh, seven thirty, another one, nine o'clock. Yeah. So we sold tickets for that. You know, I think in the, you know, it was like 40 bucks a pop. 40 bucks a pop. How many seats? 80? 82. 82 seats. Yeah, yeah. Um, not the best at math. I, I had was it to, just one night or did you do like No, I had to do I had to do uh for two weekends. Two weeks. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Two so weekends. Three turns. Three turns. Three times three nights. Na- yes. Yeah, six times, nights. Times forty two dollars per yeah, ticket. Yeah. How much was that? So I you know, I you know, I had to raise some serious money. And you know how you know renovations go right you know i only had one month to do it too one month to do it and when you do a renovation in your house most of the time you know it doesn't it's not completed in in time let alone only doing commercial renovation right but this time there was no room for error so it had to happen it had to happen right so um we raised a good amount of money we didn't raise everything Ninety two thousand nine hundred and eighty eight dollars. Yeah, we and we didn't max. We didn't sold out okay. every time, you know. But uh, uh, so basically, what happened was that every time, every everybody I was working with, I was like, "Listen, I'm gonna give you thirty three percent now, okay, to start thirty three percent when you're done, and thirty three percent, you know, like after I start." So this is the people that do the work for you. Yeah, the people that are doing. How do they the handle work that? For, uh, most of these people, they knew me. Okay. They knew me, you know. Uh, Integrity, reputation goes a long way. Goes a long way, right? Yeah, yeah. So they 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 felt comfortable. Yeah. So I never, you know, had to get money from the bank or anything. Mm-hmm. So basically, I was able to, you know, we were able to do that. We were able to open the time that we were supposed wow. to. Dude. That's unheard did, of, though. Just we, opening on time. We did this, you see here, in 30 days. Wow. Two guys, two guys. So the me. So I just want to go through this math real quick for the listeners, and I think this is a really great way. If you're already in business, if you're already in business, you're trying to scale. A lot of people. Sorry for interrupting, but I got really excited about. No, you're here for a lot of listen to you. A lot of people. They, they, Rodrigo. Nobody has done that. Nobody. Which restaurant you know that's gonna do? That's such a good idea. And they they raise the money from a like to you know grand opening. Yeah. you know event yeah i think this is smart if you're in a restaurant that uh that you want to scale you've been there for four or five years you have a vision it's not where you want it yet you s- close for a month start hyping it start selling yeah. tickets yeah there's tools out there now that you yeah. can use an event 
uh, Eventbrite or um, it's exactly that's talk. exactly what I is that what you use? Yeah, I think it, uh, I think I use Eventbrite. But yeah. just to go over the numbers with the listeners, and I'll do it one more time. You said you had forty two dollars per ticket, right? Times forty uh, forty. $40, $40 per ticket? Okay, yeah. so the numbers are going to be a little bit more off. But $40 per ticket, you had um, 82 seats per uh, session. session. Three sessions, so that's 40 times 82. That's 3,280 times three sessions per night. So now you're up to... Wait, sorry. That's a... Uh, I'm going to start over. Yeah, Your that, listeners uh, are going to kill me. 40,000 times... So just do this. Was six, it was six days... Two two weekends times three, so that's nine thousand six hundred dollars per night theoretically. Mm-hmm. Times three for three nights per session, right? And then times three again for three yeah. weekends. So multiply by six thousand four hundred dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, that's such a smart thing to do. Yeah. If you have a if you have a following, if yeah. you have yeah. rapport, and if you can like you know to like friends, I mean, family, everybody, make a big to do out of it. Yeah. And you can get that money without having Dude, to take a loan. The out. money was coming in. Uh, that money, and look, look how crazy, fi- look, look how crazy of a financial move that is. The money was coming in from the tickets. And I was putting to the construction. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll show progress of the construction. You know, all yeah, the time. Cool. Hey guys, we just got these done. Da da da. So I was hyping up, right? Yeah. I was hyping up. People like, oh, great. You know, like. You know, it was very inspiring, you know, like the the things that people were telling me as well. Um, the logo actually was picked by the people. Wow. The new logo was picked by, you know, the people. Why is that smart? Uh, because, I mean, I I, you know, I went on 99designs.com yep. and I had them do like, you know, you know, you know how it works, yeah, right? It. Yeah. Uh, so I had like 30 different logos. Yeah. So I just started putting the logos out there and asking people to that's to, cool. to see, you know, and which that's built one? right into the system too. You can push that straight to Facebook, right? Is that yeah. what you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, through Facebook. Ninety Nine Designs, past sponsor of the show, by the way, guys. Oh, really? Yeah. It if, is? if you guys are looking to do some branding, Whoa, you don't have a big know. budget, you can have access to thousands of, of designers, designers around the shot. world. I it's, Restaurant Unstoppable's logo was Ninety Nine Designs, um, and literally, like, what was it? Two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollars. Two hundred ninety nine dollars, two hundred forty nine dollars. But it's, wow, and it's not. It's, and for a logo, for a logo, that's not a that's not a big money no, at all. And you're getting once, sorry once, once you have access to like thirty different designers. Yeah, you know. And I'm so. I'm telling you, within hours of submitting that project, you're gonna have people getting on the And job. within two or three days, you're gonna have more designs that you can look at. Exactly, it's powerful stuff. And for, for a logo, you want to look at a lot of logos. Yeah, but that's cool too that you that they have a feature built into 99 Designs where you can share your designs on social media and let people pick which ones they like the most. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing. Oh, wait, did, like they, did, they, did they have that? I think it's built in. Oh, I did it. I I did okay. it myself. Like I yeah. I, you know, There's campaigns you can create yeah. where you can... I didn't know they had that. Yeah, Maybe I think at the time they didn't. I hope I'm right. I think yeah. I remember that being a feature. Yeah, though. but that's so easy to do. Yeah. But like, you know, like that was a really cool experience, you know, like, uh, you know, financially, you know, we were hurt for a good six, eight months, 10 months. But, you know... After opening. After opening. Yeah. Because I was, you know, think about it. I it's had a big to... Leap. Yeah. I, ha- I had, you know, all the money that was made through those, you know... Ticket sales. Yeah, the event. They, you know, you had to uh, put into the construction. Then you have to open. You have to, 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 uh, 
to 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 buy the food to buy the liquor you know yeah. like um but thank god everything worked out so where are you today versus where you've been in the past as far as um where you feel like you are as a professional with the progress the the how your business is doing uh, well our business is doing pretty well yeah. um pretty well you know taking into consideration where we you know you know coming out of this you know like yeah. it's doing pretty well i cannot complain i cannot complain well, that's more There's, than most people can say yeah right there now. is there is a lot of room for improvement obviously but uh you know i gotta be pretty, pretty thankful uh summertime is usually for us is a, is a time that's a you know lower anyway but uh you know we have done uh, better than 2019 you know we, we we we've done you know pretty pretty well yeah. you know yeah it's never easy, you know. When I'm saying this, it doesn't mean that uh, it's you know. It's constant. I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I made it. Or, or. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Uh, the mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. How have you transformed? Who's the Rodrigo today versus the Rodrigo in 2009? Rodrigo today is uh, somebody that that's way more. The, um, what's the word to use? Galvanized. 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 So uh, I'm gonna the, use the word armored. Yeah. Like armored car, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, like, and again, it's I have this theory of uh, one, you know, half a percent better every day. Yes. Uh, half a percent. It's not you know half a percent. It's not that difficult to be better every day. Nope. And then um, you know within a week you're somewhat better. Within a month you you know uh, within a quarter you're significantly better and so forth. But um, better able to deal with the you know problems. Um, better you know um, knowing how to put, you know Rodrigo now knows how to put himself in somebody's shoes better. Um, an example of that, for example, when I brought people in, I'll give them all the hours, you know, in the world, like available, you know, and then I thought I was doing them a favor because I was working all yeah. hours. I was like, you, people come up to me, Rodrigo, I'm exhausted. I'm like, but you're making money. Yeah. But I'm exhausted. You overwork. <laughs> I'm like, but are you making money? You know, for some people, that's not what they want, yes. you know? And I'm very, uh, right now I'm better, but I'm, I'm sensitive to like how many hours people work and they say they're tired. Yeah. I'm like, what Attuned. do you mean you're tired? You work yeah. 40 hours. <laughs> Everyone's different, man. Dude, I, I work 40 hours in two days. But, you know, you know, a lot of, you know, like, you know, better able to deal with problems and people and uh, be more strategic and um, try to be more prepared for things. Uh, I have a tendency to do things on a whim all the time. Yeah, I get that. Um, <laughs> um, I try to build bridges more now. I try too many things at once and I have all these bridges unfinished. Yeah. Just follow I have, through. you know, I was thinking that the other day, man. I have like ten things going, but they are not finished. Yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm still, still working on that. You know, um, man, 
this has been great, man. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun to listen to your journey and to, and to hear your story from just kind of rolling silverware to opening a virtual brands, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and, yeah. and you're definitely an inspiration. Uh, even that story just from you raising almost $90,000 for, th- for three weekends, three events, mm-hmm. or th- three servings. Dude, th- that's just scrappiness, and you've mm-hmm. definitely inspired me. One more quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to bust out a true speed round. This episode is brought to you by MyRestaurantCFO.com. MyRestaurantCFO exists because their experience over the years has revealed all the frustrations, bottlenecks, and pain points restaurant owners experience when managing their establishment. Beyond their understanding of all the ills that plague the restaurant industry, MyRestaurantCFO realizes that restaurants are like snowflakes. No two are the same, so they avoid the cookie-cutter approach. MyRestaurantCFO FO's goal is to be your partner in success by learning all there is to know about your business and putting together a custom solution that gives you only what you need and to be the guiding hand that helps you achieve your goals. My Restaurant CFO partners with restaurants to simplify financial management by offering full service bookkeeping, payroll, and CFO services. Spending more on a CFO will actually improve your profitability and help you achieve a a better work-life balance. With my restaurant CFO, you'll be able to focus your time on positive customer experiences, always know how your money is working for you and where you can save, no learning curve, and no more late nights trying to make sense of your financial ecosystem. When you partner with my restaurant CFO, they'll provide accurate weekly and monthly reporting, trend analysis for easy forecasting, improved control over vendor costs, complete financial analysis, and recommendations sourced from over 30 years of operational experience and 10 years of consulting experience on how to save more money. If you're ready to start making the right decisions for the growth of your business, your call to action is to go to myrestaurantcfo.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, you will get a one hour consulting session with the founder and partner of my restaurant CFO.com, Miguel Miranda, also a past guest on the show. That's my restaurant CFO.com slash unstoppable. Restaurants have been hit hard over the past few years, which means restaurant owners and staff have been working harder than ever. Trying to meet the demands of in-person hospitality can be demanding, which is why I recommend Pop Menu Answering. Pop Menu Answering turns every restaurant phone call into an opportunity. It uses artificial intelligence to answer the simple questions that are tying up your phone lines like, can I make a reservation or where are you located? And over 50% of restaurant guests are happy to have their questions answered by an automated system. Within the Pop Menu platform, you can customize answers for your restaurant and choose the voice your guests hear and even send follow-up links via text message. Pop Menu Answering picks up your phone 24-7, 365 days a year, allowing you and your team to focus on what matters most. Prevent lost customers and impress your guests with Pop Menu Answering. And for a limited time, my listeners can get $100 off your first month, plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash unstoppable 
Go now to get your $100 off for your first month and to learn more about Pop Menu's full collection of tools at popmenu.com backslash unstoppable. We're back. The first question I have for you is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Persistence. What is your biggest weakness? Um, my biggest weakness. Oh, my God. Um, I believing in people more than they believe themselves. What believing in people more than they believe in themselves? I think I like that. First time I've heard that one on the show too. What is one question you have or thing you look for when you're growing your team when you're interviewing people? What say that one more time? What's one question you ask or thing you look for when you're growing your team? When I'm growing my team, when you're interviewing, when you're hiring. Okay, um, uh, I I ask them uh, three things about themselves that they uh, they're really good at, and other people say they're really good at, and they are confident saying they're very good at. And I also ask about three uh, weaknesses oh. uh, that they have. That not weakness. I don't phrase it like that. I say three areas of opportunity that you have. Got it. Um, and stressing the importance importance of good people behind the product. Mm, I love that. What is your biggest challenge today? Biggest challenge today. Biggest challenge today. <sighs> biggest challenge today is. Um, I feel like there has always been, but people are saying a lot more now. It's finding the good people. Yeah. <laughs> Training no, people, there, getting man. people to buy into your Are you idea. doing anything different? Um, am I doing anything different to attract find people, people yeah. to find good people? I'm doing like what you said, you know, keep hiring. Yeah. Like, but at this point, believe it or not, we're fully staffed. Wow. But there, I, there's I, a lot of jealous people <laughs> right now listening to this going, but oh. I keep hiring. Yeah, good for you. And I keep hiring. Uh, share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team. This is a core value, a way to be. A way to be? Yeah, a core value, a way to be, a code of conduct. Um, um, what I like to say, selfless service, mm. which is one of the you know missions, you know uh, values that we have. Um. And help people genuinely without thinking you're going to get a big yeah, tip. Yeah. Uh, so what is one way you go above and beyond? So uh, something that's unique within the four walls of your business that go above and beyond the expectation of the guests, but not common throughout the industry. One thing that I like to push is integrity. Mm. And um, being in the military... I, I learned that. You were in the military? Yeah. Jesus, yeah. how did we miss that? Yeah, how did I miss that? The Brazilian that? military? No, here. The US, US military? Yeah. Is that the, the, was that a big chunk of when you weren't working in restaurants? Or that was actually uh, a portion of it. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. how did we miss that? Yeah, sorry. I, I didn't bring it up. <laughs> but uh, integrity, integrity, which is doing the right thing even when you're not being watched. Mm. Love that. I love that. You know? uh, what is one book that's a must read or for you listen that will make us a better person or a restaurant owner? Because I know you like your audio books. Um, traction. Mm. Gino Wickman. And uh, I'm trying to get him on the show. I would love to to get him to talk 
I mean, I would love and to get you know another one too. Profit first. Yes. Are you profit, profit first professional? No, I'm not. I am. You Dude, are. I love profit oh, first. Man. I need to look into Dude, how I co- how to do that. I collaborated with Casey Anton from Smart Business from Spark Business Consulting, who um, is a profit first professional and who specializes in restaurants. We collaborated on a profit first for restaurants course mm-hmm. where she kind of does everything i get the heck out of the way um we even had mike mccallowitz join us for one of the the uh, modules who's the author of profit first this is, this is actually one of the ways that i found to be able to uh fund this virtual kitchen hall idea really uh so what is profit first uh profit first like what i did was the idea of profit first for me was uh, every sales that I was doing from my ghost kitchens, yep. I was putting on a different account that I don't have access to, mm-hmm. never seen it. And I was able to gather a good amount of funds yeah. to do that. Yeah. And he said, what's profit first for me? Yeah. Um, I never really had that idea. I'm, I've, I, I, I always put myself last. Yeah. And a profit first for me was... This that I just described, you know, understanding that you can operate your business with allocating few different accounts, yeah. you know, that you don't see, you don't have access yeah. to. You for, so you make things happen, you know, yeah. you know, funneling that small percentage to different exactly. accounts. So, aerial view, real quick. The idea is you you pay yourself profit first. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's ten percent. So ten percent off the top. I put into a profit. I have account. a very hard time doing that. Yeah, and but very the thing is, you just do it. That. You just with I every, have very even so, after so you know listening to the video. Yeah, so twice a month, you 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 basically you allocate funds on the fifteenth and like the twenty seventh of the month. Okay, and what you do is all the money goes into an income account, mm-hmm. and then once on the fifteenth, you take all the money that went into the income account. Say it's ten thousand dollars. You take ten percent. The, the the percentages don't really matter, but. I, these are the percentages I use. You take 10% for profit. That That's the first thing you take that. Mm-hmm. Then the next most important thing is tax. Because mm-hmm. that's not your money, mm-hmm. right? 20% goes away to tax. And then you, I have owner's pay because that's the most next important thing, right? And that's different from profit. That's what mm-hmm. you pay yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what you pay yourself yeah. to do your job. Yes. And then from there, it's operational expenses. Mm-hmm. And is that five? Income, tax, um, owner's pay, OPEX and like a cushion. What's that? Emergency. That's, that's kind of like what profit is there for. But the, the idea is you just move cash around, but you're always mm-hmm. paying yourself. So you're always getting what you need. And the idea is whatever is left over goes into your operational expense. Mm-hmm. So that's what determines growth mm-hmm. is like you don't scale until you have the cash flow to do it, mm-hmm. but you're paying yourself first. So it helps you control growth. And it's mm-hmm. really important. Um, I mean, it's more than that, but if you guys are interested in this for your business, reach out to me, Eric at restaurantstoppable.com. We have a course dedicated to this. It's like $300. Mm-hmm. And it was worth every penny. You will thank yourself. Is that your course? or that's I collaborate fresh? with with uh, Casey. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And okay. It's supposed to be our speed round. I'm totally getting distracted I, right now. I, I like I like to do that. Yeah, Go check ahead. it out. Sorry, Please, sorry, yeah, sorry man. I, I have a tendency, man, getting off track. This Look has been that. a I'm great so time. Sorry, I, man. I love it, man. You don't have to apologize to me. Mm-hmm. I feel bad. We're, I'm abusing your time at this No, point. no, not at all. <laughs> I'm all yours today. All right, I so told you. Let's get to the next question. Uh, what is one thing you feel restaurateurs don't do well enough or often enough? Um, I think restaurants, they don't do well in knowing their numbers, which apply to myself as well. 
they don't work uh, on the business versus working in the business. Yeah. Uh, they don't have the interaction, the necessary interaction that they need to have with their patrons, their guests. I pretty much to this day, I touch every single table when I'm inside of this I restaurant. Um, what is one service you've hired or outsourced? Something that you're not amazing at, so you hire somebody else to do it for you. Accounting. You already mentioned that one, the design firm. Who does your accounting? Um, it's a local lady. Um, do you know the name K- of the company? Karen Spinelli Accounting. We'll have a link to that. She have a website, I hope, KarenSpinelli.com. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she does. We'll yeah. find it. Um, what, what is one piece of technology you've recently adopted within your restaurant that's had a huge impact on operations, communication, profitability, anything along those lines? Restaurant system, bro, man. I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you. That's, that's somebody you want to have here. And you, you know, know, I've been following one of them. The, as one of uh, your, I don't know, sponsors or one of yeah. uh, people to bring. I mean, Fred, dude, that dude, man, it's a well of knowledge restaurant knowledge and I'll, as a matter of fact i was talking to him the other day i'm thinking about i said fred it'd be okay if i if i shower you for like five days if i you know go over there and i want to share it for three days five days i'm sure he said yes yeah he said yes <laughs> he said yes yeah he's, uh, a good guy. he's a very 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 nice guy and that the company is it, it, the culture of the company is very strong about yes you know which is uh served them well, yeah, and that's, serve them well, and that's if I'm being honest, and, and I like to operate in complete transparency. Uh, a big reason why I'm here today is because of Fred, because I know okay. Fred, I know of Restaurant 365, or not? Oh my goodness, forgive me, Fred. Restaurant Systems Pro, and that was the dialogue. I was like, I hear all these people talking about Restaurant 365. I know you guys are here too, doing really good stuff. Um, and and he wanted to sponsor the show, and I'm like. Fred, I can't let people sponsor the show unless I've heard of their unless somebody who's having mm-hmm. success with that tool or service yeah. has said I stand have, by this. Have him, have him. Yes. Tell, it's gonna help so many people. You know, so it's gonna said, help so yeah. many you bring so much more clarity yeah. so, to your operation. Period. So he said, I'll find you some people. And, and here, you know, like it's here. a way when you're having your people, it's not what you're saying. What's the look, this is what's showing. Yeah. A, the yeah. numbers are showing. Yeah. Okay, this is the systems that we're running, showing. You know, there's a poor performance here, there's a poor performance there, there's a good performance here, we need to do more of these, less of that, and that's it. It's not what I want, it's not what you want, it's what it needs to be done. Usually when I'm also talking to, you know, staff and things like that, it's like... And so often when you have a divorced, you know, parents, right? It's dad wants blue, mom wants pink for the baby. It's not what mom wants or dad wants. This is what the baby needs. Mm. The baby needs purple. So let's use a purple. Yeah. Right? Man, awesome stuff. Uh, Thank you for that plug for for Restaurant Systems Pro. Really excited to see them grow. Yeah. I think they're just just getting started. So uh, this is the last question. Are you ready for it? Sure. Open up your ears. It's a a doozy. All right. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work, and your restaurants would be lost with your departure. With the exception of three pieces of wisdom. You could leave behind Damn. for the good of humanity and your legacy. What would those three pieces of wisdom be? Oh, um, legacy. I'm pretty big in legacy. Um, okay, integrity. One. Okay, integrity is a big thing. Um, um, being 
like hard work. I've got a lot of things in my life because of people. Work ethic. They know work ethic. Yeah. Yes, that's what I want to say. Work ethic. What's that last one? Um. All right. So integrity, work ethic, and um, aiming to be a little bit better every day. Yeah, man. I love this conversation. Right. Dude. Yeah. I think it, you think it, this 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 really hits home. Yeah, have integrity. Have integrity. Have work ethic. Work ethic. Be a little bit better every, every day. day. Half percent better every Half day. Half percent better every day. That's what I say. I don't even say one percent better. Let's be lazy. Just half away. a percent. Just chip away. Let's be half a percent better every day. That's it. <laughs> Man, Rodrigo, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I wrap up every chat by calling somebody out. Who do you respect and admire in this industry? Somebody who just knows their shit and that you know that if I got them on a guest to share their, or as a guest to share their story, they would add a ton of value and you would tune into that episode. Who is that person? I, I, you know, like I, I've known him for not a long time. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think Fred would be somebody that, you know, you could bring here and if if you, like you said, your show is geared towards people that are running a restaurant or looking to run restaurants or in the process of of running a restaurant, opening a restaurant, you know, there's nobody better to bring here in my mind right now than 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 Fred, Fred from Langley, restaurant, yeah, from restaurant system pro. pro. Yep. In just a while, well, I'll be seeing him in like two weeks, so oh, yeah? we can make that happen. Oh, nice! You go, yeah. you fly over there. I'm going or? out to Milwaukee. Uh, he actually invited me to be a part of a mastermind with a bunch of other restaurants. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so cool. I'm going to go out there and be a part of that. Very good. And, uh, very hopefully good. Hopefully, we can get him on the show while we're thank, there. Thank you very much for the opportunity, man. I appreciate oh, that. You, I man. appreciate that. I tell all it means my guests. A lot to me. Usually, after after the recording at the end, I always tell all my guests, I I can't do what I do if not for people like you mm-hmm. who are willing enough to share their time, their knowledge with the next generation yes. of professionals. So thank you. Cool. My pleasure, man. Uh, Anytime. Keeping me in mind for any other. I love this kind <laughs> yeah. of thing, man. How can we connect if we really enjoyed today's episode, if we have questions for you and we want to connect with you? Okay. Very easy to find. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Facebook, my personal Facebook is Rodrigo, R-O-D-R-I-G-O. And um, I use Kamkito as my last name on the social media just because I want people to... When they see my name, they think about the business. I love it. Uh, Rodrigo Kamikido on um, social media. And uh, for the business, if you put Kamikido Brazilian Steakhouse, it's going to come up everything. Um, you know, Kamikido Brazilian Cuisine on Facebook. Kamikido Brazilian Steakhouse on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And this is episode nine. Rodrigo Souza on LinkedIn. <laughs> I love it. This is episode 913. We'll be sure to link to all those accounts for you. If you guys can't remember all that, just go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 913. We'll have a summary of today's discussion over there, as well as any links to t- any tools or the services that were recommended. Nice. I'll also link to the course for re- um, for the, the profit first, if you guys are interested in that. Yeah. And we'll link to how to connect with you. Um, over there as well. I'm interested myself. Thank you so much, my friend. No, thank you, man. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. (laughs) Thank you. Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guest today, Rodrigo Souza. And whenever somebody comes on the show and they have extreme success with with no prior restaurant experience, I get excited because... I think that a lot of people 
are worried to open restaurants because they if they have no experience that they just won't be able to cut it. And the truth is, anybody, no matter your background, no matter what kind of experience you had prior to going to your restaurant, if you have the desire and the willingness to learn to put your, your nose down and grind, you can be successful in uh, just awesome story, living the American dream. Rodrigo Souza, man, awesome stuff. Great episode. Thank you so much. And thank you to Fred Langley for making this introduction. And uh, Fred is with Restaurant Systems Pro. And that's a tool that I've heard about a bunch of times off air. And I've also heard really great things. We heard about it today in today's episode and uh, earlier in the week, how Restaurant Systems Pro really just kind of goes above and beyond just being software. It's a community and they really they're there for you. you. You can pick up the phone and call and somebody will be on the other side to coach you through and to be more than just software, but they're coaches. I mean, it's really impressive what they're doing and how far they go to support their clients. If you're interested in an enterprise solution, be sure to keep restaurant systems pro top of mind and up. Uh, there is a link in the show notes. If you head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 913, if you're interested in learning more about Restaurant Systems Pro, uh, check out that link. If you use that link to set up a demo and become a customer, then they will pay Restaurant Unstoppable $500. So thank you in advance for using our links. And uh, thank you guys for supporting the show by listening. There's other ways you can support the show. You can share this thing with everybody and anybody you know who's aspiring to be great in the industry help me spread the word about this resource you can support our sponsors and our affiliates if there's uh, an ad that you hear be sure to use our links or if there's a tool or service that's organically recommended during the show be sure to use our links as well because i might be able to earn a commission which is different from a sponsorship where i only get paid if you guys use the links and act and then lastly, special thanks to Jared Parisi over at Sumadre Podcast. If you guys are looking to start a podcast, he's looking for clients and he does a great job. He's been working with me for, I think, four or five years now. Awesome stuff. That's SumadrePodcast.com. That's it for today. Until next time, peace out.